Next Chapter Podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Ask your doctor about Air Supra, albuterol budesonide. Eligible patients can pay as little as $0 per inhaler, subject to eligibility rules and maximum savings limits. Restrictions may apply. Visit airsuprasavings.com to learn more. The 500. The 500. everybody the song is true faith it's by new order from the 1987 compilation record substance 1987 trying to remember what i was doing in 1987 peewee's playhouse oh no that was the year i found out about guns and roses guess what this album's number 363 out of 500 on the 500 with me josh adam myers what's up you fleece army man my jammers Join the Patreon for $5 or more a month. We really appreciate it. You help support the show. There's a lot of people that work on it. We care about if you listen, you know, contribute because we want to keep doing this. And uh, it's tough, man. It's tough to keep supporting these people. I am going broke. I'm going broke. Lekka hasn't eaten in three months. I am down to negative 47 pounds. But patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. Also, come and support me at the St. Louis Funny Bone this weekend, Thursday through Sunday. I will be at the St. Louis Funny Bone doing six shows. I want to see everybody out. If you're in St. Louis, bring that weird pizza that you guys got and uh, feed me, laugh with me, get me stoned. Let's do mushrooms. Let's have an incredible weekend at the St. Louis Funny Bone. Also, Cancun in November, Skankfest in November. Keeping a lookout for the goddamn Comedy Jam in L.A. and New York. And uh, keep a lookout. I'm starting a new podcast, guys. It's going to be dope. Can't wait to tell you about it. And I want all of you to subscribe. Let's talk about New Order. This is one of those bands. This is the most 80s sounding record we've done so far. It lives in the 80s. But my guest today is somebody that I met in 2013, the one and only Shane Torres. You've seen him on Comedy Central for a half hour. He's played festivals all over the world. He opens for Burt Kreischer. He is a wild, wild man and one of the funniest stand-up comics I know and a huge fan of New Order. 
Rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to The 500 and listen free on all platforms. Leave a five-star review and rating, or whatever I just said, switch it up, on Apple iTunes. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. All tickets to my show, joshadammyers.com. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers. Get tickets at www.joshadammyers.com. Email the podcast at 500podcast at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group run by Crazy Evan. And for all things 500, go to our website, the500podcast.com. Well, not left to say, but here we go with 363 out of 500 with Substance by New Order. We're not only are we gonna get going, but I want to introduce my brother from another lover. Thought I was gonna say oh. mother, the one and only Shane Torres, the comedian <laughs> supreme, music guru who has passed. I mean, dude, you've you've actually I, there was a band I forgot. I was I should have looked it up, um, but I had I had to poop four times today because I'm at that part uh- of my life. <laughs> um, but, but I, you, you had recommended this band. Fuck. It was this song like fourth street and something. Do you remember? Oh, fourth and Roebling. Yeah. Yeah. Fourth yeah. And Roebling. It was yeah. Great. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's uh, the, the districts. Yeah. You've just, yeah. I know, you know, music. I think when we yeah. met at JFL, we talked music a little bit. We I, also talked about how we were both ready to jump off a fucking cliff. Yeah, hold like, that. No, hold that. <laughs> yeah. Because we have a whole question. We'll get to that because that's yeah. the question. That really uh, kind of ties into this record too. hundred percent. Because what did we do immediately after JFL? Substance. We did yeah. substances <laughs> with a plur. <laughs> Um, oh, it was fucking exhausting. But, but thank you for joining me, man, and Morty and, and Adam, the the quiet guy up in the cut. Um, or we like to call him Jeremiah Part Two. Uh, so let's talk New Order. Let's get right into this because it's a longy, it's a strongy, but it's not wrongy. I can't believe I did that. I'm not. I'm turning into you're really turning happy. into like you know Chico New in the skis Monday mornings <laughs> on WPTTT Sacramento's number one rock from two to four. Dude, I I gotta say this before I get into it. I don't because it's just you know we always have to do pressers or uh you know we have to do phoners before we go out on the weekend. And uh, I'm getting ready to go to St. Louis, and so my agents are like, they want to do a phoner with you. This radio station in St. Louis, and I talked to them a little bit before, and they're like, so we're so excited to have you on it's gonna be great we'll promote the show blah 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 and then they go all right guys we can't believe we got him here from that 70s show one of the most recognized impressionists (laughs) in the world josh myers and i'm just like you guys i said it on the air i was like you guys are so fucking off it's not even funny like this has been happening my whole career i'm not josh myers i'm josh adam myers uh and they were they were so embarrassed but it was finally the first phoner that i've ever done that was actually fun well, yeah, that's like that. That's you actually at least get to make an impression. So, like, where are you from, Baltimore? All right, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, you tell me, so tell me when you talk about COVID, you're just like, let's. It's always the same fucking nonsense. So when they fuck up, at least it's interesting. Yes, you know, like, oh. yeah, and they're like, and it makes a stronger impression than like. <laughs> then who's going to come see you because you're from Baltimore? I know. You know, like, like know. that's always the question you can say. I know. Horse I know. All right. Let's, yeah. let's talk new order, baby. Um, so, so yeah, man, like we wanted to get you on. We sent you the list and you came back with this. Yeah. So, so tell me about the first time. It, it you was either this or uh, Todd Rundgren's best work. Right. So is, is that on there? Is that for real? Like, uh, no, I'm no, making a joke. Making a joke See, that's the thing is I, I don't know my list so much. Cause there's so much random shit on there that I had no idea. It is wild that the, I was like, because when you guys, we lined it up, I was like looking at, like, well, what are the other 499 albums? 
And the order is like kind of mind blowing and as to what like qualifies, but it's, I don't, it's like not I right. It, it's not right. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's literally, it it's literally just a way to, to get the, you know, if dude, if it would have been NME's list, I would have done that. If that would have been the one that me and Angela were talking about, I would have fucking, it's just, you know, dude, Rolling Stone, who knows if they're right and they're wrong. It's a lot of old white guys that made this, but they seem to love British dance techno. So yeah, tell me how <laughs> you became a fan of this I, record. I think like, well, that album came out in like 83 or 84. This is, 80, like, this is 87. This is the compilation. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I had six. So that really wasn't like, it's certainly not a current Like I, I didn't take it in the time it was hot. For sure. I get, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess like my, my first episode was like, I would always hear like, you know, dun, 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 dun. you hear that. And it's just like, Oh, my here's my foot is going. Yeah. And I kind of would just absorb it in the ambient. Mm-hmm. And then like, it's so weird. I, so you get into it. And you're like, well, fucking why? Cause I think for new order, a lot of people my age or even, or younger were kind of like, well, I know I'm supposed to like them because they were like a cool band before I got into music. I think. And then, so I got into a much later is the point I was getting. Sure. To. And no, I no. really, yeah. So like, and I really kind of fell in love with them. It's so weird that I'm doing this in New Orleans. Like I'm taping from New Orleans right now because when I did my half hour, I was always running around the lake, not Pontchartrain, like a much smaller one. Uh, and <laughs> what am I just doing laps around Pontchartrain, just running, hopping over alligators? I didn't know you were a long distance runner, Shaney. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Yeah, you, you, you look, you really look, I'm full of surprises. I'm, but, I'm half Nigerian. Yeah. And yeah. My Who would have father... thought after JFL, I would have got a half hour. Yeah, I so I really keep surprised. Oh, I can't wait to dig into that. Get, yeah. Tell me about New Order. <laughs> but, you know, I don't think it's on this comp, but Ceremony, you know that song? It is. No, it's on here. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that. I don't know, for whatever reason, it was just, it's the perfect time of year in New Orleans when you tape. So it's, I think it's like October or something was when we taped. So I'd just be looping around. And that song was just kind of always in my play for whatever reason. And then I fell in love with them and I just kind of like moved more and more in that direction. So it's only, I've only really been a fan, fan for three or four years, like where I would actually like put them on. Uh, so I remember it came to me in this very emotional moment because, you know, like when you're taping something like a half hour, you're getting your first tv thing or whatever you're always like as a comic you're trying to dig in and put yourself in the zone and not fuck it up oh yeah and they have the kind of music that sounds like it could score any movie so yes. like so, so I, in my head it was just like i was zoning in in this direction with this song no, uh, I, I, and then i completely and then you're like oh yeah that's a new order song too and that's a new order song too and you're like and by the end of it you're like jesus fucking christ yeah how come nobody talks about these guys yeah, as much I, as they do? Yeah, I, I, you know, I one I can't agree with you more. When I got ready to do my first TV taping uh, to pump me up, I listened to Rocket. What was that? Uh, that was the, USA Power Hour. Was, no, no, it was Stand Up and Deliver on Nouveau TV. Which and then and then I did like eight TV tapings on CISO, and now that's yeah. Fun. No, I'm my t- buddy, I had a I had a show on Quibi that never. Took oh, off, so. those <laughs> bastards! Now it's on Roku yeah. though, so you know. Big yeah, I, no, it never came out, oh, so it's not on the Roku library. No, I, but I live- Will Smith did it to me again. Oh, but he's <laughs> shout out to uh, yeah. uh, Melissa. We'll do Big Willie style the next time I'm on. Yeah, but we shout yeah. out to Melissa Chusid, who is not who's our booker, who's a fan of you, yeah. and and actually She's, works yeah. for um, 
the for the big homie, big Willie style. But so oh, really? So, oh yeah. So I so, yeah. so I listen. That was a cool experience. Oh, I mean, how could it not be? It's Will Smith. Yeah. You know, he seems like the nicest yeah. guy in the world. You dude, I would say like out of all the famous celebrities I've met between bands and like actors, he was the most present I've ever seen someone be with a normal person. Like, because we taped for three days. And I'd just be like hanging out and he'd just be like, hey, what's up, Shane? How are you? You know, like, like, remember my, nobody was like, his name's Shane. Yeah, he just knew it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's, and yeah, that's so. probably why he's a huge star because he's yeah, so nice to sure. everybody. And you yeah. can't look at his career and be like, oh, he, even when the guys kissed him, do you remember that? Like in the, in the, he was in Europe and some French guy tried to kiss him and yeah. he doesn't like smack him or do anything. He's just like, yeah, yeah. hey, man. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is kind of an amazing way to be because I'd be like, I'm not no, sure what kind of feelings are bubbling up in me now. <laughs> You'd be like, all right. Maybe this guy knows something I don't. Deep tongue. Let's do deep yeah. tongue. No, so I got ready for Bill Burr Presents. I listened to Rocket by um, by uh, Def Leppard. It really just for some reason just made me very confident. And then, Shane, you'll appreciate this because I recently just got past at the Comedy Cellar. I wasn't very – Thank you. I wasn't very happy with my first set at McDougal. Um, I just – I didn't realize how small the room was and all the flavor. Yeah, I mean, goes, it's a box. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And I came out hot, dude. I came out really hot. I didn't do bad, but I didn't – I just wasn't my favorite, not what I expect out of myself. So when I went back to do it again, uh, prepping it to get rid of all my nerves, I listened to uh, Forever in Blue Jeans by Neil Diamond. And yeah. and I mean it. It it made me so peaceful, and, and it just really – it just gets you out of your head. You know well, what I mean? The approach you can have to your – uh, especially in New York, you know, you're just like walking through the city, Washington Square Park or whatever, and you're like on your way to the cellar, and you're like, got your headphones, and you're like, oh, I fucking did something, like I like yeah. I accomplished a real goal. Yeah, this is a place people are, and then like, what's my soundtrack gonna be? And then you you just throw on your random, and it's like, I'll tell you what I want, what I really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I can't tell you more than anything I love about living here right now because you know I moved right. So I heard you were, yeah, they were saying, where are you at? I'm, I'm Upper East Side. The very, <laughs> oh, I love look it. At you. Quiet. I know. Yeah, look I at know. you. I'm right. Fucking, I'm right. Fucking, you're there for 20 minutes and you're on top. <laughs> I'm right. up there hanging out with Bob De Niro and everybody Me, else. Bob, oh, I call him Bobby D. And then uh, yeah, this, I bet you don't even sound like this when you talk now. <laughs> like, I mean, this is just for the podcast. Dude, it's just, it's, we have, we're having a street festival this Saturday and I'm going to eat at yeah, the Second true. Avenue Deli. It's just it's it's going to be very nice but, for you. Doug. But this record, much like, you know, your experience, it really has been great music to listen to on the subway, on the walks. Uh, and yeah. it's 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 great. You couldn't have said it better. It's great soundtrack music. And it's yeah. whatever you want it to be. Because whether it's Blue Monday or True Faith or even – what's the yeah. song, Morty, that I told you I really like that's right after True Faith? Tem- temptation? No, no, no. Or not we, not, yeah. not oh, no. It's, not, it's the B-side. You like a B-side. It's not it's – not, it's not on the. It's in not a lonely the place. In, in a, a lonely, lonely place. Oh, yeah. In a lonely place. Yeah. I fucking. It's got every different style. It's got. It's dance. It's it's uh, trip hop. It's it's you know emo. It's very emotional. It's. A, that, it's also like the kind of title you scroll through, 
and you're like looking for something to listen to, depending on whatever mood you're on, you're just like, yes, yes, oh, based on title alone, yes, yeah. it's oh, like a, it's like a bumper sticker on someone's car you're reading the whole time you're driving behind. It's the same effect. You just get into it. I, I yeah. mean, I I dig this record. I'm I'm really glad it came up after the doors because uh, for me it, it was a really nice palate cleanser, and it's also a nice bridge between the next record, which is Siamese Dream uh, by Smashing, Smashing Pumpkins. Pumpkins, which I'm yeah, excited which- about. But this one is much like you. I didn't get into New Order till later in life. Now there's a few songs on it that i really did dig everybody knows the hits yeah like i mean they are like because i mean blue monday i was reading about it it actually came out before the original before the before the comp right like it was a it's the best selling release single of all time. yeah this is this is a compilation of all their 12 inches so this is essentially just a collection of their of their singles because i know all i know about new order and i know you're gonna i'm gonna be repeating it but there's i gotta say it before you say it because i gotta show everybody that i do know something is that this came from joy division the dude killed himself and they made a movie by antoine corbin I didn't know if I said his name right. You, said it, look, you said it right this time. I like that. Fuck you. Oh, no, I boy. didn't. No, I didn't. And he's been I, hanging out with these grannies. That's close on the enough. I, you yeah. can, listen, Shane, I've been doing this podcast for almost three years, and I can't tell you how many times I have fucked up names. Uh, so yeah. when I get one right, you didn't dude. You say Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> why is there a J in it? He doesn't need he's to not have from Because he's not from America. Oh, Okay. Well, I'm glad he's here because he's a good dude. All right, tell tell us a little <laughs> tell us a little bit about this band, okay? Morty? All right, okay. This is released on August seventeenth, nineteen eighty seven, on Factory Records. It's the multi-produced compilation album by the Salford, Manchester, England post-punk, dance pop, synth pop, alternative rock group. Childhood friends Bernard Sumner and Peter Hook, who I'm going to be. Can I cut you off right there before? That's the most British sounding last name of all time. Sumner. Sumner is like that's that's isn't that like Sting's last name? It is Gordon Sumner. Sumner. I told you. I knew it. So Peter Hook, (laughs) we will be referring to often as Hookie because that's just a really bitchin' nickname. That's good. So and and they call him that. So that I'm not just being facetious. It's also what they call prostitutes in certain parts of the country. (laughs) (laughs) Sumner, do you want to get Hookie tonight? Sure. (laughs) Ask your doctor about Air Supra, albuterol budesonide. Eligible patients can pay as little as $0 per inhaler, subject to eligibility rules and maximum savings limits. Restrictions may apply. Visit airsuprasavings.com to learn more. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. One plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, uh, so uh, I was going to riff. But anyway, yeah. So <laughs> so they were, they were separately at the sparsely attended infamous June 4th, 1976 Sex Pistols gig at Manchester's Lesser Free Trade Hall that instantly spawned the British punk and post-punk movements. Other people that were there, by the way, were like Morrissey 
and uh, the Martin Hannon who produced these things and like Mick Hucknell from Simply Red and the guys from the Buzzcocks. Oh, wow. And the guy, Have we like, talked every, about They were like, I feel like so we, this yeah. is very seminal in a movie. Yeah, like, there were like 40 a, people there and, and almost everybody yeah. there went off and started. God, that's like the coolest room ever. I yeah. bet that's the most unfun group of people to talk to <laughs> I, that, like it's that, just like that are like the early Jimi hendrix in london performances probably because you know you just got all these like huge rock stars all trying to out cool each other and then there's yeah, a guy yeah, on stage a, that's cooler than all of it's them just like, it's like it's 110 degrees in this club and everybody has leather on it's like what a bunch of assholes <laughs> well that was a cool thing about this is wait, hold on, wait, wait i gotta do this ref yeah, yeah. like somebody's okay. like is that my boa or yours oh that's mine yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> right. Go, <show> david <laughs> david david yeah so but with this one it was crazy because the people were first of all we're in manchester so you know northern england it's not you know the sex pistols there they're really nothing at this point they're not even dressing like the sex pistols okay they have glenn matlock on they anyway so the all these people in the audience they lose their minds so uh bernard and and peter are like we got to start a band like they don't even have instruments at this point they just leave the sex pistols thing going fuck it bernard picks up the guitar uh, peter hooky gets the bass and they put this band together. Vocalist Ian Curtis responds to an ad. He's quickly hired. And after playing with some other drummers for a little while, they put another ad up and they get Stephen Morris as their permanent one. So the band goes through several name changes. First, settling on Warsaw, named after David Bowie's song with Brian Eno, Warsaw. And then Joy Division, which you guys will have fun with, is named for the forced Jewish female prostitution barracks in Nazi concentration camps during World War II. Hold the fuck Yes, up. yes, yeah. yes. Also, real quick, I love that they're like, we're going to start a band. We don't even have instruments. And they're like, we're going to make some drummer changes. Like, what a bunch yeah. of assholes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, we got it. We got, we got it. it. Dude, we got it. I mean, I like just... either those drummers were the worst ever. Yeah. Or, yeah. or these guys were like, we have a very direct, you know, when you meet a comic who does their first set, and you're like, oh, you know exactly what you want to yeah, do. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. They were like, this is the direction we're going, and you are not fucking <laughs> it. Oh, yeah. I'm still tripping over the fact that Joy Division is about prostitutes, and, and it was it, what did you say again? Were you? Using prostitute, let's use prostitute very lightly. They were slaves. They were sex oh, slaves. Jewish okay, sex thank slaves you for killing the mood, Morty. We were having a good riff, oh, and, well, then you, you, oh, you were... and then you brought up, and then you brought <laughs> no, up Auschwitz. I mean, you, can still, you can still call them hookies. Okay. And, Look, if I'm going to get canceled on a podcast, it's not going <laughs> to yes. be this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so back to this. Although they never overtly aligned themselves with the recent punk rock scenes, appropriation of swastikas and other shocking Nazi imagery, and the rise of a far right neo Nazi movement, there was still some ambiguity on where their sympathies laid by some other people but because it's sort of the way they are it egged them on so they didn't really stop anybody but you know they never they never said yeah we're fascists so they weren't overtly not they didn't wear like swastikas or anything like a lot of the other punkers for like shock value so yeah. with so the sound is they, they've got so this they, punk sorry go on no uh, no, I was just going. I was going on about the fashion. It's a different subject. Let's stay on point. Let's. Yeah, stay yeah, on point. yeah. So yeah, they yeah, have yeah. this punk energy. Hooks driving and melodic. Basically, he's playing lead bass yeah. for all their stuff. Sumner's playing really sparse guitar stuff. Morris yeah. is almost a timid drummer. He's almost led by the band. Like he's not like a John Bonham just attacking. And then yeah. Curtis has these sorrowful and dark. Uh, lyrics that sometimes are really difficult to hear and he's singing in this low baritone that seems yeah. to cross Jim Morrison and like Berlin era David Bowie and that's the direction that they sound it and then producer Martin Hannett who was also at that gig 
he has this unique production of the way he separates them and everything. And then they're putting out singles. They do an EP. They do an album with this intriguing sound. They're rapidly building a cult following, but then things start getting really dark. Now, on top of a crumbling marriage and an affair, Ian's now dealing with chronic health problems, including depression. And he recently discovers he's epileptic. So, in, so they're doing these long sleep. There's, you know, it's musicians hours. They're, they're staying up and it starts exacerbating. It's, ro- it's road to road kind of. Yeah. Shit. And it's yeah, exacerbating yeah. and destabilizing his condition. He starts having seizures on stage. He starts having grand mall seizures on stage and audience members now aren't sure if that's part of his act. Or if yeah, that's it's not like that. It's not like when Lisa sprained her ankle on Saved by the Bell, and everybody yeah. started doing the Lisa dance. Yeah, exactly. It's no, not quite. No. It's not. It's not quite. Not no, quite as sunny. Full, yeah, this yeah, is full screech. Riff. Thank you for yeah, that. This yeah, is yeah. full, that full screech. Yeah, he's so excited. He's <laughs> so excited. Yeah. So uh, he's yeah. All right, and B, he's Dustin. On top of this, he starts having shame at the fact that he's having these seizures and people are watching it. So he attempts a suicide. That would be difficult. Yeah, that'd be like so. Yeah. No, 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 I'm sorry. I go, please. Well, I just think like the valley of being this rock god for a second, everybody wishing they could be you, and then to like instantly collapse and have no control. Yeah. Yes. Like not knowing whatever is going on. You know what I mean? Like, and it, like the valley of that and the peak of that is like, seems horrifying to me. Yeah. Like, because yeah. you know, when you do anything in your career and it goes well and you're like TV or something, you're like, I'm on a high. Yeah. And then the next day you're like, I guess I'll just go get my spicy chicken sandwich. Exactly. Like, yeah, oh, the yeah, the like, highs and lows yeah, of, of yeah. being in the entertainment industry. I mean, the crashes yeah. are fucking low because the highs are yeah. so high, but yeah. you know, that's, that's what you, my mean. highs have been fairly yeah. moderate. Yeah, you've had uh, high highs. Yeah. We're going to talk yeah. about them. <laughs> well, yeah. So the, ironically, the, the movie about it's called control because there's another song. And so, yeah. yeah. So uh, with this loss, he attempts suicide in April of 1980. Uh, I think he tries to OD he misses some of the shows. And then a month later, the band is right about to go to the tour Americas for the first time. And the night before he hangs himself. So that's like basically the end of it. Their most famous single and most people know is Love Will Tear Us Apart. That comes out shortly after he dies, followed by their second and final album, Closer. Uh, the band is shattered, but committed to moving forward with their career. However, they honored the commitment they all made with Ian that if any member left the band, they would retire the name and the songs. So they're trying to come up with new names and they want to avoid the previous controversy that we talked about. So they end up using a shortened version of a recent headline, the People's New Order of Kampuchea, uh, which is Cambodia, the area of, of Cambodia. And then they shorten that to just New Order before realizing that, you know, Adolf Hitler also used New Order in Mein Kampf. Uh, so they weren't too far away uh, from uh, staying back to the with ju- that. Jewish hookers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, back to that. Yeah, Ju- now they slaves. don't even have the hookers. Slaves, yeah. I meant. <laughs> now imagine taking your thing and going, let's get rid of the hookers and keep going. <laughs> yeah, so they took the sex part out of it. So after a short stint as a three-piece, with Sumner basically is the only guy who ends up singing because he's the only one that can kind of do it while he's playing the sparse guitar part. Everyone else is a little too into their instrument. Um, they, they, uh, uh, they, they add drummer Stephen Morris's girlfriend and then soon-to-be wife, Jillian Gilbert. Right? Yeah, she became yeah. key- keyboard. She plays keyboard, guitar, sequencing, programming. I mean, she really does all of. She she really does all of it. And she so she kind of made this the band fuller. Oh yeah, sense. she'd yeah, already sound, yeah yeah she'd already filled in for both Ian and Bernard at some of the shows. Yeah. So they knew that she was already in the fold. Yeah. So it wasn't really that. And you know, she ends up being the drummer's wife. So it's kind of like a Talking Heads thing. Sure. So yeah. they 
they start their new career. So they, they're once again using Martin Hannett again, but they're writing all these new songs and they're developing uh, different tastes and skills that evolve out of that sound that Joy Division had near the end. And then they become the self-produced hybrid of danceable post-disco electronic and rock inspired by cutting edge musicians, musicians and producers like Kraftwerk and Giorgio Moroder. So they start going in a sort of so they're yeah, so they're they're heavily influenced by Kraftwerk. Yeah, a lot of yeah, and in fact, Kraftwerk starts getting influenced by them oh, because wow. they're like they want to go into their studio and go, "How did you get those sounds?" So there's a lot of that, you know, give and take, and then they're influenced by a lot of New York stuff, which I'll get into. So in fact, so so if you guys don't know, like the electro, the freestyle sounds of the early '80s in New York is you know starts you know it crosses over between these places, they become one of the first artists to make multiple mixes and remixes of their song currently available at the same time as their songs are coming out, which now is just normal. You know, they put out Christina That's Aguilera, wild. she has 10 songs and, you know, she has 10 remixes by everybody on her, on the record she puts out. They're one of the first, you know, artists that go, here's the song. And then here's five remixes at the same time, which is why we sort of get into this. Um, and they're one of the, they're one of the only rock bands that is now being pumped on the dance floors. You know, you know, you have to think of this era as like, you know, this is like yeah, 1980, warehouse yeah. yeah, there's Hacienda, you know, in Manchester. Pet Shop but Boys and shit like that, yeah. Yeah, this is even before that, traditionally where you would go to a club and, you know, a back up against, you know, freestyle, you know, upbeat sort of this music that, you know, that we know now of like Shannon, let the music play, like that kind of like heavy duty, big beat stuff is this you know new order song so they start they start evolving and then they gain fame also there's a lot of fame for the the striking and the elaborate single and album covers that are designed by factory records in-house art director and co-founder peter seville and they often cost more than the recordings that are on the records just to make these vine you know to make these these single these covers so they release four studio albums um and then this compilation comes out, which has all their 12-inch singles, B-sides, as well as a couple re-recordings and a brand new song. Uh, it's so popular that the following year, Factory Records puts out a similar compilation from Joy Division with the imaginative title, Substance. So that's why I call this Substance 87, also because it's written on the, on the title. And on the cover of the album, it says, you know, 87. So for clarity... I don't know why they did that, went back and called it Substance. So they do five more studio albums following following this. Uh, the band goes through a few hiatuses. They do slight lineup changes. There's lots of animosity between Hookie and Sumner, especially in the press. Hookie quits in 2007. Sumner and the band decide to keep going without him in 2011. Um, and I think it, the, their, their career is bottom line by Hookie. He wrote in one of his books, you're very lucky in a group to change the world culturally and musically once. We were very, very lucky to manage to do it twice. So you can hear their stuff. You can hear it in the Killers, LCD sound system. Which oh you did yeah, show. I yeah. definitely you can hear all the influences. Arcade it's, Fire, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like I wonder, like, if the the remixing stuff was just a habit of like a byproduct of, or the the mixes being a byproduct of how they just created in general. They were, yeah. Like, we'll get into real technique like, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what I'm saying. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. So like and. No, but like what I guess what I'm saying is like, so they're like, we have, do you think they boiled out five versions of a song or I think, whatever? I think. And we're just like, and they were like, all of these are good, but this is the best one. So this is the one that goes, oh, here's the, releases the single. Here's the here's interesting the, thing. Yeah. They didn't know. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff on this record in particular. This is why this compilation gets a little murky. They would put out a song and then they would do an edited version. And then they would do a version that was like only edited by like 40 seconds. 
and then they would do a different one and they do a little bit of a different remix. So even this record itself, even us sitting here, we might be like, oh, I love whatever. It's like when people play Blue Monday, they're playing this version. But yeah. there's a version yeah. prior to this when they listen to it, people is, go, wow, yeah. I don't so, like this one. This doesn't have the big boom, yeah. boom, you know? So, so they're yeah, the yeah, yeah, original yeah. P. Diddy's. Uh, well, I, and I would say, by the way, speaking of the sort of rap influence, which P. Diddy's was also another name for the Joy Division. <laughs> it, it was. It was. They, they were the, they were just the, just the blonde Jewish women were called the P. Diddy's. So, yeah. So they, uh, so yeah, there's, by the way, I would, I would suggest not listening to um, Black Eyed Peas do Bizarre Love Triangle as much as they've, as much as Beps have done some cute stuff. It's not. I would no, but listen that. to but listen to yeah. the the frente version of it, which is an Absolutely. acoustic version by this Australian singer songwriter. That is what got me into that song. Courtney Miles stole the CD from me when we, I had him. Oh. I had him. I had him do. You know, it was like twenty five cents, and you get like thirty albums from Columbia. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah Columbia House, which yeah, is yeah. the biggest scam of all time because you never that ruined a lot of fourteen year old oh, credits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I remember he. We did it under his name or whatever. But they, I picked out the records, whatever it was, and and he he was like, no, they never came. And then I looked in his CD collection and I saw Frente, and I was like, you motherfucker, you took my Frente. And, uh, and he gave it back. He gave it back begrudgingly. <laughs> All right, what else you got? You fin- is I think I, I took I took a girl's friend day in high school. <laughs> yeah, I do know that at the time of Blue Monday's release, it was the greatest selling twelve inch single. Still is. Of all time. Still yeah. is. Yeah. Greatest Still is. greatest selling. Yeah, but that's that's three million. I mean, at at one point, three million of a twelve inch single, which is helped by the fact that they didn't put out a seven inch. Yeah. of it which is the normal for guys yeah, yeah, that don't yeah, know yeah, it yeah, yeah. there's yeah. a 45 that most people remember when they were kids of a single and then there's the 12 inch which is the size of a normal record that has one or four songs whatever so because they didn't put it out and was so popular it helped their sales and yeah. it wasn't diluted by it them seems like they out. were making smart moves outside of just creating it oh like, yeah even even with the dropping like five different versions of a song you know, oh yeah well, yeah like the, the, all of this is like casting a wider net or yeah, more they were oh, yeah, smart. They, yeah, yeah. one of the versions somebody's bound to dig yeah and it's dance floor remember you know they're they're aimed at the dance floor and there's a new very new york thing and we'll get into that also but very new york for them to look at what was going on with this sparse kind of thing and go hey that's we were doing this kind of rock and roll thing that started from post-punk i i think this is what we like you yeah. know i think we like yeah. kind of making people dance yeah despite the lyrics being dark and and by the way as you said a lot of titles that aren't that aren't on the songs. So yeah. you kind of go, what's that's my favorite song. And you go through it and go, they don't say that anywhere in the song. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of that you'll find, you won't know what your favorite song is by this band because the title's not on it. True. All right. It opens with ceremony. Uh, this is written, recorded and performed by joy division at Ian Curtis's last show before it was re-recorded as new orders first single. It's original B side in a lonely place, which I fucking love. Uh, was a carryover from Joy Division as well. While originally released as a four-piece, they re-released this version with Gillian. Gillian. Uh, okay, let me take it again. While originally released as a four-piece, they re-released this version with Gillian after she joined. Um, I did make this- a mistake. It, sorry, I'm sorry to make a mistake. It's a three-piece. They were a three-piece prior to Gillian joining. I'm sorry. I just want to make sure There's somebody it. right now that is so mad right now, Morty. I, I know. It's, throwing it's their iPhone across the thing. Farfisa. Uh, well, well Farfisa. Get a life. Get a life. Uh, so this Therefore. is the song. This is the song. This is the one that you you listened to while you ran prior yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, so here, do you want to hear a little bit just so you can think about yeah, that great that moment? Play, uh, play a little taste, Adam. I'm 
So, so even though this is a compilation record, this there's something really. Uh, it, it almost feels like it's a, it could be a regular record the way that it, this whole album is sequenced. I don't know if they concentrated on that, but this is a good way to open the record to introduce you into the band if you've never heard them before. It's it's danceable, but it still has that what I know about Joy Division. It has that Joy Division sound. Yeah, and it feels it also feels like it's a it's it is dance floor, but it's also a drive. There's like an uh, a joy no pun intended, but a joy that comes out of it in, yeah. when I listen to it that like, I feel um, like a burst of something. I don't know exactly how to say it. But like, <laughs> yeah. Joy burst. Those describe something I love doing. Yeah, I, I, you know what I'm saying. I do. I, <laughs> I, I, I have this, um, this wealth pour out of me, this like emotional feeling yes. come out of me right away. Very it's like, much yeah, so. It feels like, yeah, I don't know how to explain it other than that. But like, perfect. That's a perfect way yeah. to explain it. Seriously. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about joy and the joy you get from stand up. Um, you know, I think you're an incredible comedian. Um, oh, thanks, man. So, so I want to know when. Moments. Yeah, but those moments were pretty damn good. So yeah. just know that. There's more. There's more coming. Yeah. <laughs> God, I hope so. If you survive, if you survive a tour with Bert, yes. Yeah. Um, when did you first realize that that was your calling? Um, I remember the first time I did stand up I was like well this is where I'm in you know and it wasn't like I know like you know in stand-up when you start in your community is like are you real about it or are you not are you yeah. gonna be it yet you know like none of that mattered to me so much because I knew when I did it I was happy like in that moment I was like this is it this is my space I wasn't sure. I'd always kind of infantilized it and like thought about it a great a great deal before I tried it but then I like, I was like, oh yeah, this is it. This is where I'm going to be, you know, and hopefully it goes well. Like, but I was like, everybody else's opinion about it on like, if you're going to be real or you're going to go for it. It's not that I never like took that shit in, but I knew for me, I was in right away. I didn't need somebody to convince me like, you know, this isn't for tourists or that kind of shit. Yeah. Like a lot of, like, there's a lot of that feeling in comedy. Like this is like, you know, this is where the loan, like, this is where we're loners and we all we have is this kind of shit. I was like, well, that sounds fine. A fine reason to keep doing this too, but I'm doing it because it makes me fucking happy. Yeah. And like, I find love in this place. So how, how was that first set? Oh, uh, you know, pretty couple of applause breaks, standing ovation. There's a, there's a lot. Oh, mine too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, I opened with my closer. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> On purpose a, or by mistake? Uh, you know, I thought I'd just come out of the gate. I was like making wild decisions in my head right away. I was like, like, I was like, I felt like I knew, you know, I was just talking to myself. I was like, they need something a little harder out of the gate. You know, like, yeah, you, you got to yeah, yeah. bring the heat. And I'd, I'd bro. never done, I'd never done it before. So I was like, well, I'll just hit them with this abortion chunk right up front. <laughs> and, You're yeah. tackling abortion for a set? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it's cute. It was good stuff. There's a, there's a lot of puns. Uh, um, and then uh, just, it was at a place called the Hungry Tiger 2 in Portland. Uh, still there, T-O-O, because there were two of them. Okay. Uh, and uh, real cute. And then, um, yeah, I was like, this is it. I was in. Uh, it was my dad's birthday. I don't think that had anything to do with it. 
uh and uh yeah i fucking i just i was in in the moment like it was i was there and i was like and then the i remember thinking it went well which i'm sure it didn't in hindsight but i remember you have nothing to compare to one joke one real laugh one something really hitting the way you picture it hitting in your first set is a success any laugh any noise out of the audience is a success because you have you have you're you just even if they're like yeah that's like, yeah. oh, dude, I'm fucking killing yeah. because you're getting a reaction. It turned into a crippling weight on my seconds. And I was like, I think I have this figured out already. Oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I acted like a comedian on my second set instead of trying to be one for five minutes. And just, I remember breaking into a cold sweat. I, I didn't invite anyone to the first one. And then I was like, you guys should come to this one. Me too. Holy yeah. shit. Oh, God. I was, like, I was like eating Shit, but even in my second set, it was the day I got fired from my job. What job? Uh, I waited tables and bartended forever. So like, okay. I've been fired from every bar on the face of planet. Me too. Me too. Uh, we were very similar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I was like, you guys come to this set. I'm not going to, I don't need this job anymore. You guys are fucking stuck at it. <laughs> really felt like I needed a job after the second set. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, you know, it fucking passes quick. You know, mm-hmm. like it moves very fast. Uh, like your experience in comedy you know like we were fucking we were at mantra was it eight years ago uh 2013 yeah yeah that's a fucking decade ago almost which I so know. like it moves faster than you would even imagine even yeah. when you're hitting milestones you know it's, like it's it's i mean just life in general is moving faster it's yeah. like stand up it's like you know the because there's a lot of the days are groundhog day it's just like you wake up you write yeah. you do this you do sets it's you every five, day you get it you, you get it you go to a diner and then you're done at the end of the day yeah yeah and it's very rare you know i think we're at the level that we're at which you know which is a very good level i'm very grateful for where i'm at i know you feel the same and it's like i do not i feel like i should be so much bigger you're in you're in <laughs> after the show man <laughs> yeah, yeah but yeah. but that, that's the, it's it's the key to it is just like is to enjoy those you know those victories and to enjoy that, really just the process of writing and doing sets and yeah. and you know covid if anything the best thing it ever could have done was just say man i'm just grateful for yeah. every fucking thing i could possibly get even when i showcase at the cellar it's like, yeah. like you know you get nervous knowing that Estee's watching you but i was just like I mean, this might be the only time I ever go up at this club, so I better yeah. enjoy every second yeah. of it and have fun. Yeah. And yeah, it puts you in the right frame of mind. Stand up is not about want; it's about doing. So, yeah. like it, it, and like as is life. Like, really, it's like there's very much no want can be, uh, I think, a, like a scope to look through, but that's all it can be. Yeah, it can't be a place to sit. So, like, and stand up, like, so it's like it's like I want what you have well it's this what did josh do to get what he has that i think looks great and mm-hmm. looks like a fun successful thing well so he did this this and this well then i have to do that and my want can lead me to that position sure. but yeah yeah but there is no but and that's like all stand-up ever is that's all comedy is really is like you have to do and create like we all make dog shit too like we all make bad work too you know like yeah. n- nobody nobody's like outside of maybe like norm mcdonald's more special is is still brilliant you yeah know, like, no yeah, you're right yeah yeah I, remember, I was talking to a buddy of mine he goes i didn't like norm's last special and i was like if i put that special out or josh put it out or anybody else's they'd be like because nobody knows who we are that much as stand like we're not like they'd be like oh this guy's the next superstar of comedy like yeah. and that's like 
So getting to that place, you only get to that place by doing to put out something subpar, like subpar for your work, which it wasn't in my opinion to be great for anybody else is how you get to a place like hundred percent. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Or like getting to that one. time. I'm going to tell all the fleece army out there because I'm going to take it there, dude. Don't oh, waste your time. Don't waste your time. Time is the most valuable thing that we have. Enjoy every second of this journey, whether you like it or not. It's all you got And the moment that you are in right now. Listening to this podcast is the best moment of your life because it's the only one you have. So buy CBD oil from yes yeah so uh so so this just to, comes from Blue Apron it's a yeah, exactly <laughs> the carry just over somebody with, somebody yeah, out yeah. there needed to hear that somebody they did somebody they did we will ironically yeah. they actually did and tweet us tweet us that that we saved your life please and uh, and we will mention you next week welcome to the pants cast brought to you by Lululemon a show about all things pants my guest is Matt James former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast hi great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. Looking to refresh your closet, home, or beauty routine this spring? Walmart's got all the stylish goods in one stop. From chic new looks and the latest makeup to quality furniture and tableware. Go to walmart.com slash now trending. That's walmart.com slash now trending for the hottest fashion, home, and beauty finds. Your style at Walmart. So uh, uh, with lyrics, remember this carried over from Ceremony and this carried over from Joy Division. It's the only song that, that carried over prior to that. And because Ian had done the lyrics, but he would never write down his lyrics. He didn't want them on the album or anything. So even the band wasn't sure what he sang and there were everything they recorded kind of sucked that they had recorded from him doing it. So Bernard tried to guess what he had said on this thing. So he approximate what he thinks Ian oh, cool. had sung in concert. No, this, this. isn't actually wow. what this isn't actually what he. So it's just yeah, this it's is as like close him. as he thought. Yeah, oh. it's like yeah, they heard him singing. He was like, "Well, we don't really have great recordings of this these last show that he sang this at or whatever." So I'm just going to approximate it for this first song that we're doing. But yeah, you can really hear, like I said, from the beginning, you hear Hookie's driving bass. That is such yeah. an integral yeah. part. It's like you know where most bass players they boom. Paul McCartney would drive it. This is just like do 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 do. I love that do 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 do. I love do do do. Like they play like punks. Yeah, the bass especially. It's very fundamentally like straight ahead. There's not a lot of saying drive. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. Run around the lake. All right, so let's move on to Temptation because I knew this one immediately from Train Spotting. Like this was the one I was like, we got, we got to talk about this one because I love the. I don't know her name in the movie, but Kelly McDonald. Diane. Diane, but dude, Kelly McDonald. Would you remember? Like she is so hot in that. <laughs> that she's so hot. Do you remember when she has sex with Owen McGregor and she's like, you're like, oh my, like dude, I want a Scottish woman so bad because I love her. So I Kelly, if you're listening, the- if you're listening, Kelly, <laughs> which you're not, but maybe I don't, I don't know. 
Remember, remember her on Boardwalk Empire? Do you remember what she put? I was like, what have I seen her in? What have I seen her in? <laughs> I did that for like eight episodes. What have I seen her in? I never watched Boardwalk Empire. Oh, it's great. By the yeah, way, you'll dude. you'll go back and watch. It's great. Last episode's kind of eh, but it's a good, it's a great series. Well, then yeah. why would I want to watch it if the last episode's kind of eh? I want I want no, like, no, no. I want it's good. still good. All it's the way through. It's like I pizza. Want... It's like pizza. It's still cold, but it's pizza. It's just not the ending everybody wants. Exactly. Yeah, you know, like. I get it. All right. Yeah. So this... I, could just, I could just spoil the end of the show for you right now. <laughs> Is it how many episodes are there? Like 70? Oh, it's like six, seven seasons. Yeah. I think. Right. Something like just that. tell me. Let, tell it's me. After. No, no, no. It's, it's, Scor- it's Scorsese. Watch it just for that. Okay. No, don't right. watch. Don't it forget. Don't forget. Scorsese made Bringing Out the Dead. So we can't hey, just. Hey, that's my uh, favorite Scorsese oh. movie. Oh, dude. Okay. Well, mine's Kunden. So go fuck yourself. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, wow. Which is so funny. It's like, you know, he's, his music is always the same in every movie. And it's yeah, like, yeah, even, yeah. even in and it Kunden, all moves the same way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But even in Kunden, there's a part where he's blessing people and it's like, wow. It's yeah. just a shout away. It's, it's just, just a shout away. Wow, children! And I'm like, okay. someone's yelling after hours at the at the podcast right now, dude. I, I did a scene from that in my acting class. All right, let's get to this. So this re-recording was first released as both a seven inch and a twelve inch self produced single, and due to its electronic sound, it got lots of plays. European discos, totally, I could see why, and caught the ear of hip American cities like New York, Chicago, and L.A. Bernard wrote this as an uplifting tale, despite being about heartbreak. Um, I like this part. Play 403. Yeah, Bernard has said that this is his favorite one. Hooky has said that he thinks it showcases all the elements of the band the best, you know, really shows them. Uh, they would often, here's pretty cool. They would end their shows with this a lot of times. So they'd let the drum machine and the, and the sequencer play out. And then they would leave the stage and then the audience would be like bewildered. Like, are, are they going to do an encore? And they would just let, they just oh, let like the that. end of the no, thing I just like, play out. I like when bands leave. do that. That's so Tim and Eric. Like, what yeah. A, very, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, but you know, you uh, go to see the band, you're like, yeah. Yeah. If you don't uh, stay for this long hum for 20 minutes, <laughs> you don't really like, deserve the encore. Yeah, I love yeah. when bands do that when they just like fucking just leave the distortion on and just walk off stage. It's the most mm-hmm. rock star fucking like just cock out fucking. I love it. It I, is cool, but it's also like an irritating thing to absorb after a bit. It's like for cock, sure, cock, for cock, sure. Cock. Uh, yeah, let's, so, let's yeah. talk. I paid it for a garage. I only paid for three hours in the garage. <laughs> yeah. <get> <laughs> All right. What temptation are you incapable of turning down? Me? Yep. Yeah. Uh, food. Really? Oh yeah. It's never. It's not even close. I like I love drinking and drugs, uh, but like it's always food. Like, dude, I've been in New Orleans for five days, and I've been drinking every night. But like, it's the food that I I fuck. I just can't stop. It's like but, and it's that way with always. With it'll never. It's hard to let go of food as a problem. I'm doing better than I ever have, but like, it is not. You have to have it. You like need you it for energy stuff. and fuel, yeah, but yeah, but, but like, you're saying that you uh, abuse. I feel it? yes. Like if something bad happens, I might drink, but I will definitely eat. 
like, and I will eat, I'm eating away and be like, fuck it. You had a heart, like you got bad news or this thing didn't work out. And then I will like load down on food. And then I will, the next day I will wake up feeling like food hung over. Yeah. And then I will drop a shit in my toilet that could crack it. And I'll be like, well, I guess I'm clean now. It's out of my system. <laughs> you know, like, and then and, and and that's it, you know, and that's like how I do it. And it's like it's awful, but I again because I also just keep going. Like it's it's not about yeah. you have no self-control. It's yeah. it's just yeah. if you crack open a bag of raisinets, you're fucking finishing it. That's yeah, yeah, fucking raisinets. What a fucking <laughs> yeah, you. I got, uh, a, I got dude, what you reached the, for. I got bag a bag, of, I got a bag of raisinets in my fridge right now. That's and I listen, man, I, I'm an addict. But one of the things that that I've done over the years is is like self control because I used to house food just like that. And I know yeah. I'm I'm you know I don't have an addiction to it, but like at night I have candy every night, but I just take a little bit. And it's and yeah, it's it's it's, it's well, really, I was only like I was like it's funny to me that raisins were in your in your like your treat. But no, but so but don't forget about the ets part. Right? <laughs> the ets, the ets is the part they get. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's the ets that's bad for you. The raisins is actually quite good for you. Yeah, yeah. But then listen, I, I go. I go down the on some. The only reason it comes out of you, honestly, Etz will yes. jam you up like a. Etz will jam yeah. you the fuck up. All right, what do you? What's your go-to Etz then? Oh God, dude, I, it's like it's all it's salty and sweet, so it doesn't matter. Like it is dessert and dinner, so it's like it's all like I gotta have. If I'm eating something savory, I almost instantly am like, "Give me tiramisu, yeah, yeah, give me some sugar or something like that." And like, I like when I'm hungover which you know has happened pretty often uh i like my number one thing is getting a big bowl of pho or pho like and then just like it's like my favorite hangover i sweat it out it's all salt and noodles and then i'll have like a coke you know to like to like the sugar to like even me out and then uh, the and then like and then like if a doctor saw me they would probably just man to check me into a hospital like it's you know like food it's all food it's like I'm, i can live without booze and i do drink too much and i don't do drugs anymore really but like food is just like i get it i don't know I, what it is but i can I, just can't, like, it's delicious yeah. it's delicious yeah. it's comfort it's it makes you yeah. feel good it's like dude yeah. i'm you know I, i'm we, we all have vices and especially you know if if you can't at least you can identify it you know, and so you know that there's an issue and hopefully you'll be able to to figure it out as time I'm goes. I'm doing better than I was. Like I'm good. smaller than I was and my weight. Yeah, you do is, you look you look good, dude. You do Thanks, look man. good. You, but you it's like 80. one of those fucking things I just like especially here. I've been here all week. So it's just like, well, I'm gonna have more shrimp or I'm gonna have <laughs> No, but you're in New Orleans. Shrimp. You gotta do that. Yeah, I yeah. I wanna ask is Morty, you have no you've no what is your ets? You know, I, I was, as you guys are thinking, I mean, I'm older than you guys and I was, I was a fat kid. And so I just, I've, I've been able to impose austerity measures on myself. So I like really am one of those people that like self nooms or whatever the fuck that thing is. Like I go, I don't eat after eight 30. I don't eat until like one or two o'clock in the, in the evening. I've been vegan for 34, 35 years. Damn. He never talks drink, about it. Never talks about I don't, it. No, no. I only bring it up because you brought up a, <laughs> I you brought know, up a food I, thing. I know, yeah. I know. I'm all raisin, no et. No, no, I, 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 I allow yeah, myself. Like yeah, I allow myself. <laughs> yeah. Shit on raisinets, dude. Why do people <laughs> shit on raisinets? They're fucking delicious. 
Dude, Raisinets every, are hamster turds. Fuck yes. you. Dude, here's the deal. Every person listening, go home. Go no, go to go to the Dwayne Reed, buy a box of Raisinets. Put them in the fridge, let him sit there for two days, and then get high at night, crack them open, and and you and message me and tell and me then how when you your feel. kids come over for your weekend, and that's all you have in your fridge. <laughs> yes. You're a shit fuck. Dad. <laughs> Like I will say, raisinets. Yeah. Are you kidding? If I saw, if I got raisinets for Halloween, I would, I'd be living. It was like, what do we, what do we, we fucking in a math class? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. It seems I like for, yeah. I came here for a treat, not a goddamn bowel movement. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I, and they, uh, uh, I, uh, if I, I've said, if you ever want to, because I'll have my, you know, vices, but if you ever want to know what it was like getting high with me, sit with me while I'm eating pistachios, like unshelled pistachios, I get monomaniacal. And I just, yeah, I look that's like one of those squirrels eat. on meth. But that's how you eat raisin. That's how you eat. I'm sorry, raisin nuts. Yeah, that's how you yeah. eat pistachios. <laughs> you get I eat those too. We, Chocolate. Chocolate. We had a boil. We had a boil. A crawfish boil. I saw that. Yeah, uh, the greatest thing ever. And then you know, going to it for years, but like, I was full and sweating and hot from all the spices, and I was still just cracking them open, sucking the heads, eating the like, you know, like. That's what like food is for me. It's like it's like another rail. Every bite is another fucking is yeah. another it, bump. Yeah, it's no, Hookie's it. driving base. Yeah, that's what it is, man. <laughs> that's what it and it brings us back to Adam. Wait, I want to ask Adam because what's your what's your uh, at real quick? So uh, when I was I, I said York, real I'm, quick, I'm, you fucking come bacon, on. Bacon egg and cheese <laughs> on an everything bagel. That I okay. Bacon egg and cheese on an everything bagel. That's yeah. I just nice, can't. nice. And I miss that so much. Oh uh, well, <laughs> turn, if you turn around right now, we got one for you, buddy. Take, take a Ladies look, dude. I got one. Uh, and away. Got you. It's right. gonna be it's gonna be made for you guys from a man that's from uh you know from, from the Middle East. And, you know, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's right. So let's get yeah. to uh what's the, what? Oh, I want to talk about Blue Monday. We got to oh, great yes. song, epic song. I don't know why, but. For some reason, this is my favorite part of the song, possibly the entire album. Uh, play it in 59 seconds, Adam. It's time on rockets when we dance. Oh, 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 oh. This, you know what this music is? It's oh, 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 I love it. I love it. Yeah, dude. I don't know why. The rest of the song is killer, but dude, that part, that little, that draw, that little, that does it for me. All right. It feels like, it feels like, like, I got a secret. Yes. And then right before, it feels like right before I got a secret. Yeah, yeah. What is it? Yeah. It's like, I, like Karen's mom's a total bitch. <laughs> she has raisinettes. Um, <laughs> oh, besides being one of the most influential electronic dance songs of all time, this is likely their most famous and the title's not even in it. It came about by happy accident after they had set up a better rhythm on a new drum machine and Steven kicked out the power cord by mistake, making them start over. Ooh, I like this. Also, Jillian had missed one note while manually programming the sequencing of the synthesizer melody so it's slightly off kilter. Oh, that's why. Although the lyrics were rumored to be about Ian's suicide, Peter Hook has said, I don't think there is a great deal to tell behind the lyrics if I am going to be brutally honest. It was just one of those things where Barney, meaning Bernard, just went for it and the rest was history. And it's been remixed 
countless times, uh, despite some of the band resenting its singular popularity and not playing it in concert for years, which makes no sense. They've come around to appreciating how much audiences love hearing it. Uh, there, you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of like Radiohead with Creep, where they didn't play it yeah. for years, and now they're playing it again, and people go bananas for it. Um, well, it's also like, it's, if you, there's something about like them going bananas, like there's a deprivation of it for your audience that when it's finally there again, you know, it's like, it's like you go see, I don't know, Jimmy World, and they don't take, they don't play uh, the middle right. until it's only exciting. And, and then you're like, oh, here's the encore. Here it comes. It's a, it's a, it's a Pavlov trick almost, you know, like, so like to not do it for years is wild. And wild. the explosion in that, that room must've been insane when they started hearing it. Well, it's um, like, you know, when Dice didn't also, do the, I also yeah. think it's hilarious if Hooks was just like, I'm feeling kind of blue and everybody yeah. starts to cheer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, hey, you know, then it just goes <laughs> in a different yeah. direction. <laughs> That'd be fun for me. This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. I want to ask you about a different direction because you basically took Guy Frieri's career and literally, I think, you know, put it into a perspective that other people like hadn't ever seen before. Uh, So why don't you just tell us a little bit about that whole situation? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't, here's the thing. It's, it's, cool that i wrote it and i think i wrote i wrote a good joke just so everybody just so everybody knows he has a joke uh and how you know what would be like the elevator pitch on the joke it's basically you're talking about he's a good dude and people shit on him because of how he looks like it's like book by its cover yes yeah 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 and i started thinking about like what he because he's all because you know we would go to you go to shitty mics or whatever and everybody's like it's like guy fieri in on a fucking tricycle or what you know like yeah fuck off that's all of the same shit it's boring. I know it's an easy thing for people to get, but it's like, you're writing a joke anyone else can tell. And like, that never interested me. And I, and so I wanted to see what it was like. And I just remember I had the, it started, and I've like, I've said this on other podcasts before, or whatever, but like, it started with like, one line was just like, uh, I was like, hey, could someone please explain to me what the fuck Guy Fieri ever did to anyone? And it would get a chuckle. And then I would just, then the line I had was, uh, cause all we ever did was follow his dreams. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then people, and it kind of like, it burst open. And then I was like, oh, I got to stretch this joke out because yeah. it's, it's all right there. You know, like it was like finding the hook was, and then I like would, I just started reading about him, which no one researches their material anymore for the most part. People just talk. Yeah. Talk. And like, this is my opinion. This is how I feel. And it's like, well, maybe if you actually looked at what you were talking about, you might have a good joke in there somewhere. Yeah. As opposed to a fucking engine attached to a fan boat that's just going in the fucking swamp. Like, you know, like it's it's all horse. Like, they're just driving in the wrong direction half the time to me. Mm-hmm. So the joke, I did it. And it's actually kind of cool to tie it into the music thing. Uh, I thought it was going to do well. I really, like, and I was, like, anxious to get it on TV. Like, because I... Uh, 
nobody had had it yet. So um, we recorded it. I recorded my half hour, did all that. And then um, Vulture premiered the track ahead of my half hour, but it was going to be, I was doing Conan that to promote the half hour, like I think three weeks later or something like that. But it premiered on Vulture and it went fucking nuts. Like, and I was on a bus with my buddy Adam, who was in a band called uh, Scenes from a Movie. They were kind of like in the Fallout Boy. They were like in Spain. So they had like a, they had a bit of a moment. But we were on our way to Outside Lands where I was performing. And my were, phone was. Yeah. Were we there? Was that, was that 2017? Was that it? Yeah. Oh, I think cause cause I, I, was, did, cause I, I did was there the, with I you. I did the jam. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I did the jam. Yeah. 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 And. But my phone was blowing up on the bus like fucking cra- like I, like it wouldn't stop ringing. Everything was going viral and people were tweeting and texting me and Adam and I were like losing our minds. I was like, I'm not going to be on a bus ever again after this fucking, th-. you know, like, <laughs> and I was like, I'm going like it's all lining up. I have a viral bit about Guy Fieri and here I am on my way to go perform at Outside Lands with all these cool people. Yeah. Everyone can suck my dick, you know, like, and then, you know, uh, then, uh, you know. Then I was on a show with Tiffany Haddish, and that's what a, a star looks like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I still tried to do Guy Fieri jokes. So, mm-hmm. no, no. but you it was like, the- yeah. <laughs> Did you follow it up with, hey, Guy Fieri's still doing great? Yeah. Still a big fan. I, but I did it. And um, I remember thinking, like, there was like this moment of clarity in it because I was like, it was started off as such a hot weekend. The whole weekend was good. But my last show uh, was like kind of uh, outside of the jam was kind of, it was counter-programmed with two other really big shows. And one of them was The Who. And uh, so I could hear Teenage Wasteland to like, while I was on stage doing a half, you know, like half filled room. And I was like, well, better be- <laughs> Better not, better get back on that bus. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it felt like, it was like, it's very like, you know, I have like a proclivity for music being in an ambient sense of being around, like, and I was just like, well, this feels like an appropriate song for me. Like, I really thought I was riding high. And then, uh, you know, it's whatever. But It uh, is whatever, but it's a great But joke, he called man. me. He Did called he? me. Yeah, yeah. To his credit, he called me. Uh, and he, it was, it was very brief, but he was terribly sweet. Uh, you know, like, it, and he was like, Thank you so much, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, and I like. Was he like, was I, he like, I just want to tell you, Shane, your joke was Flavor Town, straight Flavor Town, bro. That joke. He, was, he is 100% flavor. the dude. Good. And that call, he was like, the dude you think he is? Like, he's 100% he's like, keep kicking ass. We got a lot to talk about and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love and it. And then I tried calling him back and I never heard from him again. Yeah, ever. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's, he's in Flavortown now, to be yeah. honest with you. He's, he's in some dine, <laughs> some diner in like West Baltimore. Like, yeah. the crab cakes are yeah. just, and then the aioli is yeah. a kapow. He's the yeah. man. I love you. Uh, I have to give a big shout out to Meth Syndicate, uh, my buddy. Oh, Ed. best shirts. Uh, Best shirts, but they uh, they love Guy, and they've met yeah. him a few times. They were there when he got his, ho- his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, uh, and and they told me to say hi to you because they love your joke. So yeah. he's great. I've got ordered a couple of shirts. I have the I have a uh, the Tracy Chapman NASCAR 
Yes, yeah, all that's of them. my favorite. Yeah. Everybody yeah. go yeah. to everybody go to at Meth Syndicate. M E T. So it's M E T H and then spell Syndicate. Meth Syndicate yeah. uh, on Instagram and get his shirts. I love Eric. I love Rebecca. He's a killer uh, and he does really great work. Great yeah. work. Great work. And they're sweetheearts. The yeah. best. They're, they're really the best. supportive. Real supportive. Yeah. Oh, they're they're the best. Um, all right, let's get let's move on to confusion yeah. because this is our deep cut we want to talk about. Um, so like Temptation, this is another re-recording from this compilation. This twelve and single achieved crossover success on the U.S. dance charts and has both Peter Hook and Bernard Sumner playing bass. This is when they and New York's music culture mutually embraced each other. Um, let us hear a little taste. Uh, 218. You caused me I don't know why this one's the deep cut because this is really good, Morty. Well, no, I mean, I just, I just tried to pick ones that I, I think people know the huge one. I want to. Well, no, 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 no. I, I get what you're saying. Let's, let's. Um, do you have anything you want to add to this, Shane? I think it sounds like the music geeks fuck too, but other. Like, I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't like, want them fucking anything song. else. It's a great song, but it does seem like there's a sensual, like there's a sensuality to it in the way yeah. I move that makes me like feel that way, but at the same time, immediately recognize that it is not a good version of feeling that way. Or <laughs> trying to look that way, if that makes sense. I, mean, I feel like I'm sexy right now. And then you just catch a reflection of yourself and you're like, eh, I, I could see yeah, Dave yeah. Gold and Reggie Watts fucking to this. Yeah, yeah that's right. I actually like, yeah, 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 definitely Reggie. Reggie, a hundred. I would love to know I, the music and then Reggie there's a, fucks then the, to. When the cartoon comes out, you can do a voice on yeah, it. Yeah. So we mentioned it earlier. Um, but beginning about confusion, I, I, so just so everybody knows, in 2013, me and Shane uh, got uh, invited to be new faces at the prestigious uh, Just for Laughs uh, Festival in Montreal. It's a huge deal. Uh, I did rep, which I don't know why I did rep because I had such a shitty agent. And you did unrep, right? Yeah, and it's like for people who don't know, it is like getting into Harvard of yes. comedy in a weird way of like it's like it doesn't mean you have a career but it means you have a shot at one. Yes. But, oh, yeah, perfect, yeah. perfect way to put it. Yeah, that is a yeah. perfect way to put it, which is also really funny to see everybody with Jeff Singer just getting resigning and all of these people that never went to JFL being like, you know, that festival doesn't do anything for you. Nobody's had a breakout. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't care. I've never wanted it. And I'm like, bitch, if they would have offered it to you, you would have yeah, done yeah, it in a second. Get it. Yeah, That's you know. It's it, it's it's might not help you in the moment because that's really the experience is that it didn't help me in the moment. But a year later, Robbie Praw, when the jam was taking off, called me and was like, dude, you were one of my favorite showcases last year. I don't know why you're you're not, you know, growing where I thought you would be quickly. So he's like, so I want to help you and I want to give you six straight shows, you know, six nights in a row at the goddamn comedy gym. I don't even need to see the show. The elevator pitch is good enough. And, and in a sense, he's the reason I have the TV show. He's the reason I have my whole career is all because of Robbie Praw. But there was a moment. Do you remember it? It was when me and you talked the, about where everybody was at the hotel bar and we no, were like just, just to the side of it. No, right? no, we were. No, we were at that party uh, outside. I think it was the Netflix party or the Funny or Die party. It was the and Funny or Die. Funny or Die sponsored. Yeah. Yeah. So so I, we talked because we that we were both heartbroken because we expected you always expect so much. And yet 
you know, like I said, it's deferred sometimes. So tell me about, because our careers really didn't kick in right there, but both of us obviously have turned, you know. We're doing okay. We're we're doing okay. Yeah, we're we're doing great. We're doing great. Well, I mean, speak for yourself, dude. I mean, I have a Dyson vacuum, so I don't know you about are, you. Yeah, you but are on the Upper East Side, apparently. And I am the, <laughs> moving on up. I mean, yeah. I do have a Porsche Macan S, uh, but, you know, my mom did have to co-sign for it. Uh, yeah. Besides that, doing yeah. pretty good. Um, tell me about your experience and, and why we had that talk. There's um, There's a value in getting things but also keeping in perspective uh what they actually mean you know, like yeah. like you can't you got we did the work to get that right but that doesn't you're just leveling up you know like it doesn't mean you're getting the thing after it people people don't go to jfl because it's the height of their comedy career as a new face what it is it's the beginning of a there's things after that it, you you hope it leads to, yeah. right? So I think like being like, I'm still here to work. You know, this is just, this just means all I did was get a little further along, but nothing is done. I don't, my bank account's still the same. I'm still in the same position, all that kind of shit. So I think there's a value in like, while accomplishing something and getting something like that is great, not have enjoy it but notice that what the relief actually is from it is sometimes it's more work and then sometimes it's just that thing because my roommate got it the same year as repped we were both living in portland we're the only two guys to ever get it out of portland at that point who is that Ian? Actually, yeah no, ron no, funches got it no, before the year before yeah yeah that's true and ron was basically a roommate at that point too uh but Ian, and Ian was like, I don't remember if you remember this, but he blew up. He he was oh, one of the yeah. guys. Yeah. He, like, he was, I remember he, he was, was the he guy. Was, yeah. We were like hanging out, talking, getting lunch one day. And he was like, oh, it's great, man. Like all the, like he was, agents were approaching him and shit and like really on his way to like doing well. And Ian has a fucking killer career. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, he was like, what about you? Cause we weren't really seeing each other. Cause we weren't on the same shows, you know? And I, I remember feeling, uh, very much like there was a cool kid scene at it. And then there was like, whatever I was doing. And, uh, that was with I, you. Yeah. Yeah. We were saying, fuck it. We sat at the weird lunch table. <laughs> yeah. uh, 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 and then I, but I was like kind of heartbroken because I was like, I'm finally doing this, you know, like I'm on my way and I was still on my way. I just didn't know with it. You know, like, cause it didn't yeah. go well. I didn't get, I got one fucking card from one agent or one manager and he never called me back. <laughs> and I fucking, I was so, oh, cause I lived in Portland. So I don't know. I didn't have any Hollywood experience about comedy. I just knew how to do stand up a little bit, you know, but yeah. I had no showbiz acumen whatsoever. I saw an owner of a club that I worked and we were, I was walking into the hotel where he goes, Hey, good to see you. I'm glad you made it here. And I was like, Oh, thanks. He goes, uh, this is a, this is Sharon. She's with UTA. And I was like, Oh, what's UTA? Like, wow. Uh, yeah. And that, you know, and now I'm on UTA's roster. So <laughs> like, uh, uh, but I remember uh, she's been, Oh, it's an agency. I was like, Oh yeah. That's probably what that is. I guess I'll just go fucking put down a $9 high life from the Hilton bar. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, like, and I just remember like, 
it wasn't a horrible experience for me, but the part that was hard about it was that I felt like I was swimming in the dark, like in the sense, cause like I was unwrapped and I wasn't even from LA or New York. So I didn't have any idea what it meant to like be there, like being the, doing the business part of show business. Yeah. You know, like, and it was really, I mean, it was hard because I like, you know, you, you hear it and you're like, ah, fucking whatever. Somebody's just going to hit me in the face with a stack of hundred dollar bills and I'll be on my way to a fucking house. You know, like, yep. and that's not how it happens. And, uh, and it don't, and it's not, and that's not how it happens for people there that have breakouts. You know, like they take, they take an opportunity. They have a good set. People want to get on board with them and then they run with that. Yeah, you don't do well at JFL and then get to have a syndicated sitcom. That's not how it fucking works, you know. And people say, "Oh, they don't get shit from it anymore." It's like people still get things, and I understand it's not the free for all it was. It's not the dot com boom thing it was. Yeah, but don't act like an asshole. There's like still an opportunity to be made there, and the reason you're not getting anything from it is because you just think this without ever having done anything like. What gets anybody anything for the most part? Like well, your fucking I, hard work and consistency in a in a regular thing gets you done. You know, like none of this, like they're not just gonna give it to you. No, but you know, for both of us, you know, like you said, you're in Portland, you know. Yeah. So it's a huge deal for you to get it in Portland. And me, I am in LA and I am in the mix, but you know, I'm st- I'm still DJing at a strip club. And yeah. I mean, for for like months knowing about it from June until you know, July when I found out when I had to go. I, in my head, I was like, I'm going to have the, I'm going to be the breakout. I'm going to do this. And my set was whatever. Like it ended really strong. The, the first two, three minutes were terrible, but then I, I got present and I, I, I never say I killed, but I did have the back from, from what Brian Baldinger said, I had the biggest laugh on one joke that anybody had on any of their jokes. He was like that, that got the biggest pop, Yeah. but much like you, no cards, no management. I remember getting back to LA and, and having to go back to work at the strip club, which broke yeah. my heart. Um, and Same. See- I was like, what's, I would see buddies and I would like, here I go. And the woman I was dating at the time was very like, we're on our way. You yeah. Know, like, and I was like, we are, you know? And I was like, and then I remember like two days before it was like, I was freaking out. It was like the biggest day of my life coming up. Yeah. And she was like, are you still into this relationship? And I was like, I cannot have this talk. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was maybe the most selfish I've ever been with a woman in a relationship. But I was like, now is, I literally gave her a now is not the time kind of thing. And yeah. and it wasn't, I've, you know. And then I was like, I remember getting back on the plane to go home to Portland. I was like, well, at least I still got her. <laughs> or, or do I? And uh, it turns out I didn't. Uh, but, <laughs> but it was also she, good for us she was like she's like you only got one card Bye. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then i remember i had to like i was like i had to fly down to la and meet with this guy <laughs> i think i think the moral of this to everybody listening is you know it's enjoy the work i love how you said it it's it doesn't it, it's nice to get it. It's nice to get accomplishments, but we love standup so much that, that doing standup, like if you look at, if you look at every win as Christmas, instead of looking at every day as Christmas, every day we get presents, we get to perform, we get to do what we love. Some days are better than others, but we yeah. get to do this great job. And, and JFL is just a nice little reward, you know, but we never have to wait another 364 days for another Christmas. We get yeah. to enjoy all of it. So take ever enjoy the work and stay out of the results. Just keep yeah. loving the work. That's a very, because- like, like, 
let the make the work and whatever it happens with it happens with it. Yeah. You know, like, and then you can only put it out there. You know, you can't control your audience only like you can only put it out to people and whoever you, who likes it, likes it. Yeah. That should be the same thing with like the work. You can't like control is going to make an opportunity for you. You can only put it in the right direction and hopefully. Yeah. yeah. And I think, and, and it's, I think that's kind of one of the cool things about not just being a comic cause that bonds us, but like we had that moment, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And for the rest of our lives, you and I are linked together. We see yeah. each other and we both saw each other at our most, you know, not, not just, yeah, we were so vulnerable. Hopefully, hopefully our most. Hopefully, hopefully our most. No, yeah. I mean, I listen, yeah. I, I, I I talked about JFL a lot of times on the podcast to the point where my manager had to say, stop talking about JFL, dude, because it was yeah. a big thing. It changed. It made me create the goddamn comedy gym. It made me almost move to New York because I was so upset with stand-up because I was like, I'm still at the strip club. Andrew Santino's got a TV show. Pete Davidson's blowing up. I, I can go down the whole list of everybody and what they got because I was so ungrateful yeah, for the dude. that I got it. Yeah, and it's like I not having a direction for it after it was like it's my own fault. Like it really is. Like there's no. I understand that it did not blossom out the way I wanted it to. Yeah. Uh, but. I shouldn't have been like going into it like, well, now it's done. I just have to do this part well, and then the rest of it's figured out. That's not how anything has ever worked in the history of the world. So, you know, and also I've never been back, but I've done shit fine. Like I've done well, you know? So it's like, it's also like, great. So everybody who fucking passed on me or didn't want to make eye contact with me, it's also like, fuck you. Like, like dig in a, a loss can always be a win, mm -hmm. especially in this game. Like getting your fucking dick knocked in the dirt is a valuable thing if you choose to let it be after you get up. Like for sure, perfectly yeah. said. Yeah, perfectly yeah. Said, man. Um, yeah. All right, you know what's a perfect follow-up song? Oh, Morty. You yeah, know. let me. Yeah, let me give you this here. Uh, so this and the following song, "Thieves Like Us," were the first songs recorded in New York, and they were co-written and produced with famous New York DJ Arthur Baker, who made the pioneering electro rap track. I'm sure you guys will know with the Kraftwerk sample, "Planet Rock," which is by Africa Bombada and the Sol uh, and the Soul Sonic Force. They've gone on to work with him for over 20 years since then. But yeah, this shows where they yeah this shows where they were really had their ear to what was going on, you know in you know in America at the time that a lot of Americans weren't even on to. Those producer relationships are so interesting. The further along they go, and like how they branch out. Like because I was reading about um, what is it, Daniel Lanois? Oh yeah, yeah. And he was like, I was like, I had no idea who he was. I just kind of stumbled down a Wikipedia hole about him. Is like, oh, this guy is fucking hit monster album after yeah. monster album like oh yeah dude yeah yeah and i was like he, i'm always like i'm in new orleans and apparently he lives here and i was like if i see this motherfucker i might kiss him on the mouth like yeah. i just there's a hegemonic run. run that producers get a lot where they do like seven albums in a row jeff lynn had a run yeah daniel lanois had a run hugh pageant had a run and then you'll see you'll be like i love every one of these like like an 85 to 89 i can name like one dude like daniel lanois if you look at this it's like so and then unforget, you know, or uh, uh, Joshua Gabriel. Dree. Yeah. yeah, Joshua yeah. Dree. So, and you go, Jesus Christ, those are all him. Yeah, like, and it's in like, a row. And it's weird to have somebody. I think it's so beautiful to some. His, his fingerprints over are on albums who have touched people like all over yeah, the Bob world. Bob Dylan, two of the Bob yeah. Dylan albums yeah. we've done already, and not 
be like famous, fame in a, in a weird, you know, like they're monstrously successful, like in a better career than half of the musicians he's made seminal albums for and like big moments for. But like, I think it's just such a beautiful thing to like give the world your work anonymously. And there's like got to be a freedom in it. Like not anonymously, but in a way of like, he's respected the in most his community. Thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not like Joshua tree is like an amazing album and everybody knows it, but most people have no idea that he produced it. Right. I thought and, it was Eno. I really thought it was Eno. No, he did yeah. Unforgettable Fire. That was, yeah. yeah. Oh. And then so it's like, it, I think, I think it's a beautiful, like, I think it's like to kind of move into this direction of like, you can still put good work out there, even if no one, like, even if you're not getting credit for it, you know, like, it, which he does, but you understand what I'm saying. Like, it yeah, doesn't you're still getting, personal. you're still getting broken so off public in facing. Yeah, you know, yeah like, exactly. Just right. make it about him. Yeah. All right, so uh, it would have been a perfect segue. Well, I guess it is shell shock because that's what we both experienced oh. after JFL. I really, I'm sorry, I, I dropped that in too. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, this was a really cool song to listen to, and and I recommend everybody listen to it with headphones on because the it, the music goes in and out. They really did a good. I don't know what oh, you they, call that. They pan it. Yeah, it's it yeah. was just it was really cool. I had a good experience. Uh, this co-write and co-production with electro freestyle producer John Robbie. I think Roby, uh, I think, but yeah. Was an international hit, but what I want to know is from you. You have been opening for Bert on the road. And uh, what was the most shocking thing you've experienced while on the road with Bert? Um, eh, I keep harping back. So we did, I've been with opening for Bert pre-COVID, during COVID, during the drive-in stuff. And, you know, hopefully we'll keep working together after. Say Bert Kreischer, for those that yeah, don't yeah, know yeah. who yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say, like, I knew Bert when he wasn't filling clubs. We just happened to work together. We had paired together a couple of times. Like, I was featuring, and he wasn't uh, filling clubs yet. He was doing fine. He had a career. But he was, in some ways, he was probably a little bit ahead of where I am now in my career. Like, getting dates, working, but not selling everything out yeah and then uh i got uh i knew things were going pretty good for him and uh, i heard and like we'd seen each other talked here and there and then he was like do you want to come do some more work with me and i was like i'd love to and then he was like all right here are the dates and we just i got on a fucking he was like yeah the bus and i was like all right and like so like just seeing the jump of it was insane like because it was like it started being on his first theater tour, I opened for him at the Wilbur in Boston. We did two nights, four shows. And it was like wild. Like how crazy it got for him from being a guy who was just killing and getting laughs to like insatiable fandom. Yeah, dude. It's, 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 it's fucking nuts. And then even seeing it last year in the drive-ins where people were just driving in because of COVID and like putting camping chairs out and being safely distanced and still wanting to see that was wild too you know like like they all want to so i mean just see it like and then you know we'd be driving around and everything was so muted yeah because of the like comedy wasn't working the same and we had an off day here in new orleans and this is my favorite city but I, and i was walking in the quarter and there was no life in it like and yeah. that i was i actually felt like oh my god like kind of like i was really heartbroken uh, over so that would be the shell shocking thing, but to see it like in the sense of comedy was just seeing how like what big actually looks like in comedy 
is so different than what I thought it was. Is it just, but, is it just drinking all day long though? Uh, you know, man, he's a fucking pro. I don't see him get loaded during the day. Like I might see him have a beer when we're on a river or something like that. Like, or like doing like a, like a activity or some kind of social thing. Yeah. But like, I mean, after it's on like fucking Donkey Kong, Yeah. like, it's like it really is. And then I, I wake up and I'm just like, I drank a fifth of vodka. <laughs> and now my heart is beating from sleeping. Like, <laughs> like, dude, it's like, shit. and then I'm like, and then it's all salted beets and shit. You know, like there's no. Oh, help. yeah. Dave Williamson just yeah. cooking up like the most incredible brisket. He's it's one of the best barbecue people I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And it's fucking exhaust. So, yeah, it's also like at the end of it, you're just like. I actually just took a dry cat turd shit. That's how dehydrated. Well, that actually leads to uh, the next song, Bizarre Love Triangle, because that's what you're experiencing with the food. The drink. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There is so much to love about the song, but for some reason, I don't know why, but this is my favorite part. So this is another one where the title doesn't appear in the song, but even without it, it's obvious it's about the conflicting mix of excited confusion when passion takes over. I think this is one of their best songs. Um, I first heard this, like I mentioned, through Frente. Every time I think of you, I get a shot right through into a bolt of blue. It's no problem of mine, but it's a problem I find. Living a life that I can't leave behind. Living the life. There's no sense in telling oh, that's it. Because he turned off. Takes me back, man. That really. Have you done a covers episode? No, dude. We're, we got fucking 322 more records to go, bro. We don't have time for fucking covers, dude. You do a Patreon of the best cover of. Oh band. God. Join the Patreon. It'll probably kill you. Join the Patreon. This takes me back, man. Um, it's beautiful. Beautiful song. Uh, anything you want to add, Morty? Yeah, man. So the part you like, just all those ha, 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 ha. Uh, they started using that sampler, you know, early emulators and stuff. They actually use it on one of the ones we had skipped over. Sorry, everybody out there is killing us. It's called Perfect Kiss. He actually had, they had frogs chirping, doing that similar thing, but using croaking <laughs> frogs on state of, on, uh, uh, yeah, on the Perfect Kiss. <laughs> on Perfect Kiss, the same way you have like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, they actually. That's fucking yeah. great. It's basically it yeah. almost was a Disney cartoon. <laughs> yeah, well, they they honed that. They honed that first by doing yeah. farts. If you actually, yeah. which which exactly what you think they would do. They first <laughs> did it by farting and then sequencing farting sounds, and then went, okay, we could do this with anything. Yeah. So yeah, on, yeah. on this one in particular, uh, they had actually played this for a while live before they'd ever brought it into the studio, and so it had various iterations, uh, including being called "Broken Promises" as well as "Broken Guitar Strings." So this is one of the ones they worked up. And, you know, as a song, this is the one, like you said, when you play the acoustic version, where it actually has a lyric. I can go, oh, yeah, I've, I can sing along with the lyric. You know, it's not sort of veiled. Some of the other yeah. ones, kind of, how does it feel to treat? You know, it's That's like sort Monday. of Monday. 
Yeah, that's sparse. Yeah. I'm saying this one, you can actually go, every time I think right. of you, you can yeah. like go, oh, I can actually sing along with this. And it makes for less of just oh, a dance floor. It's thing, a, you know? it is a lovely song. That yeah. Frente version is so good i mean even if you hear her her like subtle voice and it's just you she's this probably this like frail like small girl and it's like it's a beautiful love song her voice is very uh arid and it's, yeah uh, yeah, yeah. It's and it, it's like and i think i think both versions are great um so the next one i want to talk about in the final song in the record i want to talk about is what i think is one of the most 1980s sounding song ever written um true faith this is my favorite song from the 80s. I'm going to cover it at the goddamn Comedy Jam. I've liked it before I listened to this, but from really listening to it with the rest of their music, it has made me love. I think this is a perfect song. I, I say that sometimes. This is genuinely is just a perfect song. So this is the only new song added for this record, which is insane. Uh, it was co-written and recorded with their producer, uh, Stephen Hague, Haig, I believe. Haig. Haig, and released as a single in 1987 despite a grueling tour schedule. Even though, uh, Hookie? Oh, yeah. You, what's Hookie. Okay. Hookie. Even though Hookie denied the rumored drug connotations, Bernard has said it is indeed about drug dependency written through an addict's perspective. And maybe that is why I love it so much. Um, anything you want to add to this, Shane? I, uh, I'm a, it's nice to hear why you like it so much. I like, that's all, that, yeah. I don't, for me on this one, I like this tune, but it's not the one I fall in love with. You know, like, but... Uh, it's nice to see other people get things out of something you don't get as much out of, you know? I, I just, I, I don't know what it, I think this, it, it just, it just rules. It rules. The song rules on every level. I love the lyrics. I've read the lyrics uh, with the song many times. Um, it's a good song to work out to. It's a good song to walk to. It's a good song to drive to. You there can are ways, to yeah. There's ways you, you can, like, yeah, what you're doing, how a song fits into what you're doing. I, I, yeah. I just, I, I don't, I just, I love the keyboards. I love everything about it. Uh, I think this is a phenomenal song. Uh, Morty, anything you want to add? There's a reason you love this. They wrote this specifically to be a top 40 hit. They had, uh, they had a huge uh, tax bill and they were like, okay, the next thing we write is going to be, is going to be a big hit. But to me, it sounds a lot like, but when you, if you look at blue Monday, bizarre love triangle, this is like the perfect We Here's the formula. Here's honing it. Here's us doing it. It makes perfect sure sense. No, that it. makes perfect sense. Yeah, they this even is, cut out. Yeah, sorry. Go it's on. cookie cutter as fuck, but uh, it's like a, it sounds like a, like an eighty song, but for some reason, it just I just fucking dig it. Yeah, they even cut out one of the lines in it. So what you guys know is when I was a very small boy, when I was a very small boy, very small boys talk to me. Now that we've grown up together, they're what they originally had. What they say on the record is they're afraid of what they see was actually they're all taking drugs with me. So it was a little more overt about the drug thing. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so they went. So remember, this is nineteen eighty-seven. So I was I graduated high school. Just say no was huge in America. Like you guys remember, like Nancy Reagan, dude. And thank God they did it, Morty, because it worked. Everybody stopped. Everybody, everybody stopped forever. Everybody stopped. Yeah. 
Yeah, the shining, shining. It's all very clean now. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, it was really weird to like be at this era because all of a sudden people were just stupid. Was it it huge? Oh, that's just a perfect quote. Oh yeah, was it? Was it huge? I mean, you're. Oh yeah, they had a video. You guys don't remember the video for it was really striking. It was like very when you guys watch the video, it's very much like people in like these weird primary colors, like hitting each other. It's like almost performance art, like Blue Man Group kind of stuff, and a lot of movement. And a lot of stuff. So it was very hard to, this is a time when you couldn't separate a song and a video because you weren't getting music on the radio as much as you were getting it from like watching MTV. So like you would get that. So when this came out, it was so tied to the video. I can't hear this without, without watching the video. video. Yeah. 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 But it, yeah, but it's, but it's interesting. Like I said, it's very interesting because around this era, all of a sudden, everybody that did drugs or anything that would have been like Cheech and Chong, you know, they start, everything was like, if they're stone guys, they're not stoned. So Bill and Ted, they never get high, but Bill and Ted are stoners through the whole movie, which is crazy. But nobody gets high anymore. So they made like, it was like eight years of people just being stupid that were, <laughs> that were obviously high. But they went from Cheech and Chong where you were like, oh, I get it. They're high. Yeah. So like everything that came out between the Just Say No era was like Beef is a Butter or whatever it was. None of them could actually be doing what we do. Everything was implied and never seen. Yeah, never show. Bill and Ted are total stoners, but they never get high. So it's just, they're, you know, it was just so weird. Wayne and Garth never get high, but they're written as total like stoners. So it was really weird to watch. Radar from MASH, same. Totally. One-handed. Adam, you said you have the video? You have the video? This video is is pretty wild. Yes. Where should he be going? Like the middle, beginning, end? Oh, anywhere. The the beginning of it will just hit you. Like the minute you see the beginning, you'll go, oh, I get it. Put it on, Adam. I wish. I love it so much. There's there's a character. There's uh that salacious crumb from Star Wars. Oh my god. Uh, that's the guy. That's the guy when he walks into uh he goes to the Jabba's hut and he goes, What a wonga. It's like, Jabba it's like Cir- no yeah. bother. It's like Cirque du Soleil or something. And then it's because yeah. like you said, they weren't they were relatively enigmatic on stage, and a lot of their stuff was about how they would just be there. You know, they were just on stage giving this music, which is odd for like a dance troupe because they weren't like, hey, like, you know, boogie yeah, yeah. band. It's they would just be they were kind of yeah. just playing. Greatest music yeah, video you that ever existed. It. Ever yeah. existed. I, I, dude, that's up there with Jamiroquai, Virtual Insanity. I mean, that's, just, that's just, I think he's got the same hat in it. All right, uh, let's do some facts and get yeah, out of here. I'll bounce through. So they started, when they started, they were just paying themselves 72 pounds 50 a week. After Blue Monday's success, they up to do 10350 a week. So that was like, yeah, they, yeah, their wages, you know. Oh, they, okay. they, this, yeah, this is shit like bands did. Like you'd lead like the Beatles were given 25 pounds a week. And you're like, they were the Beatles. And they were like, Yeah, that's that's your like their per, their per diem of yeah, what but, their career but, was. But 25 pounds in 1963, 64, when the Beatles oh, yeah. are popping off is like that's like you know, a couple thousand. Because it was a wage. Yeah. You know, people forget that shit worked on wages. It wasn't like somebody just gave you a big check and yeah. you were like, God damn. Like it was like, no, we're still gonna pay you yeah. like you work for a job. So and Shane, then when they, I mean, we've made a little bit of money in our careers. What's the most ridiculous thing you've ever bought? Oh God. <laughs> I, I'm fucking, I'm pretty cheap. 
So I have never bought like a big thing. You're like, really? I bought a 24 inch turkey sub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> three yeah. in the morning uh, after I got I bad said, news. Give me all the trimmings. <laughs> I just, I just shot a half hour special. Teddy's. <laughs> uh, and then it's just me like uh, caressing a party sub in a bathtub for two hours. Uh, I, I thought that's a good question, man. I honestly do. Oh, I know what it was. Uh, uh, it was, it was, um, it was a mattress. I spent a lot of money on a mattress. Nice. And we need a sponsor. Which one? Uh, uh, it was Tuft and Needle. Okay. Uh, Hit us like, up. Here's the thing, you know, like we're talking about being poor forever, like especially in comedy, doing these kinds of things. You don't like, and I've been talking about this with a lot of people lately for whatever reason, but she's like, the cheapest option is your only option a lot of the time. So it is your best option. Like, and finally, when you have a little money in your bank account, you're just not used to spending it yet. You know, like, so I was having fucking mad anxiety over what kind of mattress to buy. And like, it was really free. I was like, this is like a big decision. You know, like, and it was, it, it wasn't like, it's like a fifteen hundred dollar mattress. You know, it's not like right. no that you're money. gonna use every In night. Twenty years, yeah. like yeah. twenty but years. Like fifteen hundred dollars <laughs> is not an insane amount of money to me anymore. It's right. like a chunk of money that I don't want to spend a lot of the time. But like then, it was just like, oh my god, I have a fifteen hundred dollar mattress. And this, by the way, this was two months before COVID hit, and I've had this pretty much the same amount of money for a while. <laughs> And I wasn't spending it. So I think it's a fucking mattress. Like, which I don't know if it's, is that, if that's lame or not, but. Uh, no, it's lame. huge. Yeah. yeah. And, and sensible. I told yeah. my dad, I was like, I'm going to buy like a thousand something dollar mattress. And he was just like, are you out of your fucking mind? And I went, what is that over 20 years? It's like a dollar, like a dollar a month. Yeah. For, for where I sleep for four yeah. hours a night. Yeah. You know, I was like, are it's you crazy? Yeah. Like, it has <laughs> changed my life. Yeah, exactly. The rest is actually good. I have something I like sleeping on because I've had mattresses where it were basically just a Kleenex over sprung wires. Like, you know, like, so this is to me was like a huge deal. What about I'll say you, this? My, my daughter was conceived <laughs> on the floor on a good mattress, which shows you that I kept the mattress but had no bed. <laughs> so there you go. Dude, you, I'm, are, you are a music guy. I am yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You asked me. I have bought. Uh, I bought a Rolex after the TV show came out, uh, Submariner. But I, you know, which was expensive. And then after like <laughs> eight months, I I sold it for, and I actually made a profit off of it because um, oh, cool. I was like, ah, I don't want to buy anything to it because I bought it. I wanted. I've always wanted a nice watch, but I was like, ah, I just I got it for the wrong reasons. And I said, I'm never going to do that ever again. I'm never going to buy something to impress people or to show yeah. what my stature is and then january it's 20 useless it is but yeah. then january 2020 i got a porsche macan s but there is that's the truth of the matter with that is is that since i was a little kid i always said i wanted a porsche always i still do, do have a I porsche st- now yes i still do uh i'm getting rid of it to move here because i just don't need a car and i'm just gonna buy like a like a cheap jeep or something and store that something that can get beat up um there's a car shortage so they're like gonna take it back they're like yeah we'll they'll we'll pay you to take it yeah, back well yeah used cars are super valuable right now but i barely drove it i got it january 2020 i took my mom to italy in february because she always wanted to go dude 2020 was it was gonna be an incredible year like oh, buddy, I, gonna, I had i had a lot of things cooking we all did yeah that's what i'm saying it's it's all like we can all we, we can it's like we can all like have our horror stories about what we lost i love that car uh, i i 
don't want to get rid of it. I just see the sensible action of like, dude, if I bring it here, I have to pay $500 a month to keep it in a garage. I'll barely drive, drive it. it. Yeah. So just buy a cheap car for like a Jeep. I'll get something cool. Cause I can't, this is the thing guys. And this is why I want everybody to know is I remember Matt Masisco, the photographer on the goddamn comedy jam. I said, I'm getting a new car. And he's like, what are you going to get? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking about a Cadillac or a Lexus. Go, yeah, you have to get something like that because you can't pull up in a Kia, Sophia. You can't with your character and who you are. You know what I mean? It would be so against brand. And listen, I, saw, I mean. I saw an Art Alexakis from Everclear in a Target once. Yeah. And it just totally bummed me out. Like, yeah, 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 like, yeah. That's like, it's like, you're not even that famous, but like, just seeing you like getting bread was depressing. It takes, dude, if I ever saw Slash in like anything other than leather pants, I would be like, is the world coming to an end? What's going yeah. on right now? Yeah, because yeah, why is Slash wearing Lululemon? Like, yeah. you have, you have characters. Now, listen, um, you know, it's a great car. I just don't need it. I'd keep it if I was staying in LA, but you know, it's pointless. Listen, I, but now this is the thing is I've learned and I've really learned. It's like, man, and I said it earlier, time is the most valuable thing in the world. So from this point on, listen, I'm not saying I'm not going to buy a house and I'm probably going to get a Porsche again later in life, but only when it's like, man, I've got so much money put away. It's like worth it. And it's smart. Yeah. And it's like, and I can totally afford it, which will be in a couple you, of years. And you but, are allowed to treat yourself for you sure. Know, you are, but it's a foolish way to spend money. And yeah. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, like, always, it's like ordering Postmates every day. Like the people yeah, that yeah. order Postmates every day are, I'm like, you know, you just spend an extra $20 on top of the $30 that you spent on yeah, the yeah, food. Yeah. It's like, cook, cook your own meals. Like you'll, yeah, what I are you doing in the 40 minutes that that meal is not there? Right. I'll yeah. tell you what you're doing. You're fucking, you're rewatching Ted Lasso or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> Well, that's what I'm doing. That's what you're doing. Uh, well, right I, yeah, I have a kid that's teaching that. That's that's a huge, you guys have really hit on that, which is, and for people listening is, you know, all that convenience, when you're paying for convenience and you're paying somebody else to basically do the thing you're doing for you, man, I look at people like that. And the people that really figured this out are the people that just go, hey, listen, I'm eating food. I go to yeah. Trader Joe's, I can load up my refrigerator. Yeah. And then in the meantime, it's all here. There's no time between me doing that. I'm not waiting around. I'm not paying somebody else to basically go yeah. pick me up drive through Are you kidding? Well, you know, a premium? Morty, you know what's funny yeah. is I've had a lot of the bigger comics that I'm like on, you know, that I hang out with here in New York and they're like, uh, you know, well, hurry up and get here. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to jump on the train. You're taking the train? Yeah, dude, because Ubers are $70 right now. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I could take the train and I might, it might be an extra 15 minutes late, but I could give a fuck. Like, and also, what am I doing? I'm going to bed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I get it. like if I'm tired, so tired, I just don't want to fuck with anything. That's one thing. But like people spend money on Ubers like it's fucking wild. Dude. Bro, yeah. Shane, like I love the train. It's very romantic to me, especially because I'm newer to New York, you know. And yes, oh, last night I made eye contact with a guy masturbating and it was just me and him on the train together. But you know what? How I like, did it I, feel? I, 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 was, I mean, I just looked right at him and I went, oh. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Happy place, happy place, happy yeah. place. All right, what do we got, Morty? I'm going to skip the next one because I kind of hit on that. So this one is, despite the popularity of many of their songs, their, real, their one and only UK number one was the official 1990 England World Cup song, World in Motion. 
So they release it under the name England New Order. And it was a rewrite of a theme that Jillian wrote for a kid's news program. And it featured several members of the 1990 English football team. That's soccer for those of you that are ugly Americans. And uh, as well as comic actor Keith Allen, who, if you know Lily Allen, Oh yeah. I, yeah, I saw her live. I saw yeah, her, her live. Pop. Her first performance in, in America was at the 930 Club, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, really? And I was, that record I was, was great. And I was um, I was working for Channel One News. Big shout out to Channel One News. If you're a Crab Feast fan, you know all about it. It's the only channel. First channel on the dial, y'all. Um, and uh, <laughs> Hey, hey, play it. <laughs> and, uh, and what was funny was I used to get free tickets and they wanted me to play her music on the show. And so I went to go see her and that song Smile was so huge man. oh yeah I, london I, I, that whole it was hurt but you know you guys remember not to get us i'm god i'm loving this conversation today guys uh the the it went from it was like her and amy winehouse had like a beef and they tried to like and they were so different they were so yeah. different and one no one fucking remembers the other one is an icon until music is dead and gone yeah. when we destroy this planet in 50 years it is like Amy Winehouse. It's like, why would you even try to fight them? Why? Because they're both British and women. That's why. Yeah. By the way, you'd love Keith Allen. If, if you guys know anything about British humor, he was like in the young ones camp okay. of like the comic strip, those guys. Yeah. But also he has, he has, there's some new shows that are, that are really great with him on it. Also nice. that, uh, uh, my yeah, mom no. probably watches them. <laughs> By the way, he, he, he was like a punk rock comic. He came up like opening for like the clash and stuff. So oh, he's got some pretty rad. rad He's got yeah. some pretty rad cool. bona fides. Let's yeah. get him on. Yeah. Let's get him on. So Should we, we get him on the podcast? Dude, I love, there's a new, I forgot the name of the show. There's another one on Netflix that was recently about that. He did it where he's the dad because now he's that age where he's like the disapproving dad, but you've seen him in a bunch of shit and you'll be like, that's her dad. That's bitches. All right. Uh, no, is that I'll, I'll hit you with, yeah, I'll hit you with, I'll hit well, you with the last one here. Oh, sorry. Go on. Well, because I was just about to jump in and do the thing. Yeah. Are you, you have a, Are we done with the facts? Yeah, I've got I've got the last one, which uh, which I think is great. Uh, although Peter Hook, we say he effectively quit the band in 2007 and uh, opted out of their 2011 reunion. He exchanged. If you guys know anything about British press, he and Bernard sort of hate each other. And there's a big thing in the press of them going back and forth yeah. about all of this. Um, he, and he also sued them over royalties. He did say last year that he was open to a reconciliation to celebrate their career-defining album, 1983's Power, Corruption, and Lies. And we've said it before, the replacements, Guns N' Roses, you yeah. know, that it could happen. But Morty, you know, didn't well, they're did, playing the garden later this year, but I don't yeah, know. I was, yeah, but I like to, I was going to say, didn't New Order play Coachella? Yeah, but I don't think uh, Hooky hasn't been playing. With it's them not, since yeah, it's not the lineup. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the guys that it's the guys that like they have somebody else playing them. But it was the guy that came into the band when Jillian left. I forgot his name. It's not Peter Cunningham. Maybe it is, but he, he or Stephen Cunningham. But it's that lineup with whoever they have. But yeah, Hook hasn't been in. He hasn't been in in a while. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh, that's yeah, good to so, know. I'm, I mean, if, shit, man. If I'm out here, I'm gonna go see him at the garden, dude. You know what, Shane? Let's go. Sounds great. Let's I'd love it. to. Let's do it. Yeah, All right. right. Yeah. All right. Uh, speed round questions. Here we go. Uh, favorite song on the record? Me? Yes. No. You, I don't Adam, know. My producer, you idiot. Uh, yeah. Don't fucking <laughs> You've been in New York for two weeks and already uh, you're real prick. Uh, this fucking guy. Heavy ceremony. Yeah. Ceremony. All right. Yeah, Least yeah. favorite song on the record? Oh, God. I like Love Triangle, but I don't know if it's, I don't know if I have a least favorite. I haven't really thought about it that way, but like, of the the hits, I think Love Triangle might be the one I don't okay. play the most. Right. I would say it's the one I don't play the most. Okay. Um, yeah. 
what song on this record would you fuck to? I think it's so funny if you fuck to Blue Monday. Nice, dude. Yeah, like, I think it just like, bomb, bomb. Because it's very like. Yeah. Yeah. This is like, this is the uh, Ford assembly line of fucking. There's not going to be a lot of like detail going into it. I'm just hammering a nail. I'm hammering yeah. a nail. I'm hammering a nail. And then <laughs> I'm a union man. I'm a union man. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is a big question. This is a big one. Uh, Joy Division or New Order? For me, it's definitely New Order. Okay. I don't really know enough about the Joy Division stuff to like be in love with. I mean, I like what I hear, but yeah. It's, I get it. Yeah. I what get about it. I'm, you? I'm saying New Order. I, yeah. I, but literally, I the only song I know is um, uh, Love Will Tear Us Apart. Love Will Tear Us Apart. Yeah. yeah Listen to that's Digital. Little... That's my favorite. Digital's rad. But oh, also the length. I mean, like, it's, it's just, it's almost like two different things because like there's such a body of work in New Order. Yes. Yeah. Is, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. You have an ocean to swim in as opposed to a kiddie pool. For sure. Uh, and final song, uh, does this record deserve to be on the 500 greatest albums list? I would think so for sure. Like what, what, what do you pull off of it? I would put, I, see, I would do power corruption and lies. I hate when they do compilations. Yeah, we, I like we, where we, their heads are at. I like yeah. knowing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I want to know where your head's at at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like knowing like what went into that record. And then we also find these weird tracks we'd never heard of, you know, because they don't play everything. We only know the singles. So it's like putting all the singles on here. I'm like, that's a hit. That's it. Like with Josh and I talked, we're like, Jesus Christ. This is like 10 songs in a row where everything's a fucking hit. Yeah, I know. It's kind of crazy. Like I saw Elton John. It was the same fucking thing. Yeah. I was, I, I was then like, I wrote. And then yeah, I yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, what's he gonna play now? And then he did the Lion King encore. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, I was like, he did do that. I, I agree with Morty. You know, we've we've talked about this a lot. Like I remember the first one was was Loretta Lynn, where that was yeah. our first record that was a or was Merle a, Haggard. It was just like a pain it in was the ever, ass. No, it was everything. It's too yeah. much. It's like yeah. I, I get why they put it on the list. Uh we're gonna respect the list. As I always said back at the pig and whistle open mic sign up days, honor the list. But yeah, the key, the key is that it's still you know, as long as the other records aren't on here, because that's the thing is I always say, if you're going to get the greatest hits, then you can't put the other records. Do you know what I mean? I always think that's the way it should be. But yeah, well, that's like, a fair thing. That's like, yeah, that's like a we cloned Shaq. Here he is again. Yeah. Well, the yeah, thing is, like, yeah, you guys, yeah. like everyone, you go, what's your favorite Bob Marley album? They go, Legend. And I go, no, you're taking a career retrospective of like the one greatest artist of all time. And you're going, oh, yeah, yeah, all this shit just happened at the same time. You're like, no. He lived here and then he did this song and then he lived here and then this happened. And then he shot, you know, like, and that's why these things are like, yeah, like, I don't need a I career retrospective saying. of Merle Haggard as that's not picking an album by him. Yeah. That's, that's his like, entire yeah. career. That's like going to your friend's house, flipping through their CD case and it's nothing but greatest hits album. Yeah. You're like, Oh, you don't actually like music. Yeah. What's your favorite Beatle yeah. album? They go, yeah, the yeah, blue yeah. album. You're yeah, like, yeah, no. Yeah. 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 Like it's like, that's not, <laughs> how that goes yeah, yeah. so invest, anyway that's where be i invested yeah. to some degree yeah yeah right. and and listen i i haven't listened to a new order record that's a singular you know uh sure th uh, uh, creative thought process where they put it all down and they worked on it but man uh this was fun this was oh, yeah. this was a record that i know me and morty were excited about we talked about which songs we were gonna do yeah, and we're sorry uh, for everyone for missing your favorite uh, they, it's uh, listen if you got any complaints just yeah tweet I mean, it you know, we know it please tweet it. Yeah. Please, tweet it, morty. Tell us what songs we should have done 
We're yeah. not doing every track from this point on. And it, leave me like, the fuck out of it. Exactly. Yeah, don't, be, don't be talking about Far Fiesa to Shane. He doesn't give a shit. Reach, like, reach out to, it's adambernard at gmail.com. I don't even know if that's your email, Adam. I have no idea, but probably is. No, it, I'm not far not off. Not for long. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, it's Adam Bernard one. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. Yeah. Passwords like, you know, yeah, that is a password. Yeah. Uh, uh, Shane, this, this really was a lot of fun, man. It's nice. Really, yeah, I, 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 I'm glad we got it, to do it. I'm so am I, I really am. Yeah. Uh, promote away, whatever you got to promote. Uh, I got, I'll be at Savage Hendry in Savage Hendry comedy club in July in Northern California. I'll be at moon tower in September in Austin, Texas. And Shane is a comedian.com. Instagram is at syrup mountain. And I got a forthcoming podcast with Kyle Kinane. So keep an eye out for it. Just oh, right on. I post nice. stuff coming. Yeah. And then, uh, no go. When does this come out? Uh, when, uh, this, it comes out uh, this Wednesday. Okay. Uh, I have good God every other week in Brooklyn. Uh, so come check that show out too. It's a live show. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's yeah. great. You know, I'm available. Yeah, and I don't think you want to do that kind of commute coming from the neighborhood you're in. Oh, come on. It's a little, <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's undesirables in my neighborhood. You bring Josh. his yeah. Porsche. Yeah, uh, yeah, you bring your Porsche. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I've yeah. done Tiny Cupboard in Bushwick. I can travel, bro. Oh, okay, that's like two minutes from my apartment. We're living in completely different worlds. Completely. Yeah. But, you yeah, know. Josh will drive home. I still, yeah. I, I still what will What if I had just it. been like, I'll keep that in mind. And then I'll just say, bro, you know, you, we might live in two different worlds, but I'll still take down a, you know, a fucking Italian meatball hoagie just as fast as you, bro. I'll tell you this right now. You have no idea what you're trying to bite off right now when you say <laughs> things like that to me. Uh, that I would pay for. Yeah, that I'll pay yeah, for. Yeah. for you, 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 you want to talk to me about sandwiches? You are talking to me about sandwiches? For the Patreon, I'm going to have you and I do an eat off. Oh, all right, yeah, I'll do it. I'll, I'll cover it. We'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can, dope. you can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Morty, what do you got? Okay, I'm DJ Morty Coyle on uh, Twitter. Uh, you can see me and my uh, my daughter and I singing on, uh, my daughter and I, me and my daughter, I don't know how the fuck, I've corrected too many people on Facebook. Um, I'm on uh, uh, Instagram as B and Daddy Cartoons with there. Thank you everybody who's been reposting and everything like that. Tuesday nights with Fokker Force 5 on Facebook Live. We do all kinds of music live for you guys for three hours, all the stuff's up there. We just want to make people happy while you're staying at home. Stay safe, get vaccinated, wear your masks. Still don't trust anybody because dudes masturbate across from you on trains. So they're not thinking about wearing a mask. Um, and I want to give a shout out to Mudsy Bogues, who is jmud403 on Twitter. Now, he's somebody who's one of the, one of the Twitter. I'm going to call him a Fleece Army member, even if he doesn't want it, because it's, it's mandatory conscription. Because he wrote in after one of the episodes, and he wasn't happy. But he explained afterward, and he apologized. But more than anything, we do see what you're saying. We try to make the show as... as as, as great as we can and still hit all our bases. But I respect the fact that he said how he felt about it. We responded what, to it. What did he say? He's the one that was like, a, that he was a bit upset, I think, about the Shane episode of Rage, because I think he was really like, it's a rage and it's got to be more about the thing. And, and it, here's the thing. Absolutely. His name is Muggsy. It's Muggsy Bogues? Muggsy with a D. Oh. But he goes, it's JMUD403. Regardless, if you yeah. never follow, never listen, just to let you guys know, you guys that are active on Twitter and everything, we have great Paggy and all these people. We go back and forth. But part of the Fleece Army and everything is really the response we get from you guys is very heartening to hear that you guys are following the episodes, even enough to say what you don't like, because we respect that. I respect you listening to an episode and saying, do more of this, less Morty, whatever. I'm totally cool with That's it very because it shows that you're listening. 
Yeah. Yeah. And we try and we respond. I mean, we don't respond immediately and be like, you know, Mudsy didn't like that. So from now on, we don't do it anymore. Yeah. But more than anything, it is we do this weekly. This is a grind. We flip these shows also, weekly. It's yeah. free, right? Yes. Absolutely. Unless you're yeah. paying for the Patreon, Mudsy, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, gotta, I don't give I, a shit. Dude, I, 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 I'm not, a, I keep saying this, Shane. I oh. am not a music critic, I am a yeah. comic. Uh, Rolling Stone didn't choose me to do this. I chose to do this to honor my dead friend, Angelo Bowers, funniest guy I've ever right. met in my life. He knew music. He made fun of me. Morty came on because he was a fan, and then he started helping write the show, and then he became the main writer, and then we brought him on to explain fucking Brian Wilson, and, you know, we can't get rid of ah. him. He's just here, and we and he's, it's we like love the, it. But it's, it's the we're just having fun, man. And it's like these people need to realize – if you want the other shit, listen to Gladwell. Listen to Matt Pinfield. I'm not Matt Pinfield. Morty's not Matt Pinfield. Morty is a music fan, and he's one of my best and a friends. Musician, yeah. and we're just yeah. But you're a musician, but still, it's yeah, like yeah. we we're just trying to have fun. And and I listen. Absolutely. I respect all your criticisms, people. I really do. But just know that <laughs> it's all Adam's fault. It's all Adam's Adam fault. And here's his go. email. Write him. I think yeah. So yeah. So we. At, at quiet producer uh, <laughs> 43. He does like his bacon. Yeah. He, he misses his bacon egg uh, bagel. Yeah, yeah, I'll never that. that, that, that smear this all over your fucking That's bacon. been your yeah, contribution, yeah, yeah. man. Uh, no, right but we, we love you guys. We really do love you. And, and Shane, I love you too, man. This was a lot you, of fun, great. dude. This was a, was a fun, really man. good time. Yeah, this is great. I, uh, uh, thanks for reaching out, buddy. It's fun. We finally got to do this stuff. What I tell you, what I tell you, the one and only Shane Torres, ladies and gents. Uh, follow him on all social media at Syrup Mountain. And for all things Shane, go to ShaneIsAComedian.com and check his website for upcoming shows. All right, for new music this week, we have Thieves Like Us. They're a multinational post-punk band who got their name from the New Order song. And you're listening to Broken Mirrors off their 2017 self-titled record. Can you guys please send us your music? Because why are we playing something from 2017? Who knows? Check out the positive comments from Pitchfork and Consequences Sound. Find all the links on our website, the500podcast.com. And like I said a moment ago, we're trying to play your music. We want to help people that make music become stars. So if you are influenced by these bands or these albums, send your song to 500podcast at gmail.com and we will play it. Next week, Smashing Pumpkins. Oh man, it's going to be a sad one. Uh, 1993 Siamese Dream. Listen to it. Do your homework. Do it. Oh, yeah. Stay please. They're speaking of your death, but I don't believe it. Still, you keep the disease.
Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of the Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday. Next Chapter Podcasts.